thank God for the firefighters who put their lives on the line and you know, put themselves in harm's way to extinguish the fire, make sure that it was put out safely and no one was hurt and these buildings were protected. A hospice in Hertfordshire is looking at employing a private ambulance service in the future. It says it can't rely on the NHS to turn up in time. Tara Gungafull reports. The hospice of St Francis in Berkhamsted is considering the move after a seriously ill elderly woman with breathing difficulties had to wait more than five hours to be taken from her home in Hemel Hempstead to the hospice. Medical Director Dr Sharon Chadwick says the case was an emergency but doesn't blame the ambulance service, saying she understands the pressure it's under. The East of England Ambulance Service has apologised and launched an investigation. MPs are to vote on proposals that would allow for smoking to be banned in cars carrying children. The measure was unexpectedly approved by the Lords last month. Residents of Ashwell in Hertfordshire preparing a legal challenge to keep their church bells chiming at night. It follows complaints from other people in the village who live near St Mary's. Ewan Duncan reports. A few residents from Ashwell complained about the noise made by the church bells during the night, saying it was disturbing their sleep. It led to a plan to silence the bells from 10pm through to 6am. But now some villagers are planning a referendum on the issue and, if necessary, will press the parish council to take legal action. The bells at Ashwell Church have been ringing for over a century. In sport, Man United were denied victory after bottom club Fulham scored a dramatic injury time equaliser to earn a point at Old Trafford. At the Winter Olympics, Jenny Jones made history as she claimed Britain's first ever Olympic medal on the snow with a bronze in the slope-style snowboarding. The weather for bedsides and bugs will be cloudy with showers this morning but sunny spells this afternoon. Top temperatures around 8 degrees Celsius, 46 degrees Fahrenheit. Get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash threecounties. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. After a weekend of wet weather, we'll be catching up with some of the places worst affected by flooding. Give us a shout if we're missing you out, our kids. We'll also be finding out why a Hertfordshire hospice has lost faith in the East of England Ambulance Service and is considering hiring a private company instead. And the Ashwell Bells, remember those? Newcomers to the village complained about them chiming every quarter of an hour. The locals were furious about the breaking tradition, and it's literally kicking off. We'll find out more. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Bye. If you've been affected by the floods this weekend, do give us a call because uh, it's... Well, I've been driving all over the country today, uh, the weekend, say all over the country, sort of between Birmingham and Windsor and Luton and various places in that kind of triangle. Don't ask why. Uh, And all I've seen is lots of fields have been flooded. It's awful. If you've been affected, do give me a call. 08459 455 555. Well, flooding has been in the news a lot. And if you remember, um, was Chris, Chris Woodward? Chris Woodward? Woodward, wasn't it? Yes. yes, Chris Woodward. He called us on Friday from Puckeridge in Hertfordshire to tell us uh, about how flooding had affected him. We woke up to two feet of water to... throughout the house this morning. Horrendous, and uh, we're not alone. Our neighbours are in the same situation. 
I'd woken up earlier and I heard the rain but didn't think anything of it. My wife gave me a shout and um, literally the water was coming around the front door. The garden's under at least three foot of water out there. Well, that was Chris uh, on the phone on Friday. He joins me now. Morning, Chris. Good morning. Thanks for coming back. What, what's your weekend been like? Um, pretty dreadful, to be honest with you. What, what's happened? How's, how's the water? Uh, the water um, actually went down reasonably quickly in the house. We um, The worst of it had gone sort of um, by Friday night. Um, we still had quite a bit in the garden. Um, but over the weekend, it's been a matter of sort of um, just uh, trying to rescue bits and pieces. Mm. And then yesterday... Uh, the insurance company sent a team in who have taken all the carpets out and taken away settees and basically anything that's fabric. That's all now sitting out in our front garden. Oh, how lovely. <laughs> what a delightful sight. Uh, did you, how did you get rid of the water? Did it just go down naturally? It just went down naturally, yeah, in the house. Um, the, I mean, the fire brigade, um, they were fantastic. They um, they had two two pumps running, one in the back, well, it, it wasn't just my back garden, but all the back gardens were flooded. There was one in the back and, and one in the front pumping out, or basically all day Thursday, uh, all day Friday, big garden. And how much stuff do you think you've lost? I mean, carpets and, and furniture and things? Well, downstairs, everything. Oh. Um, every, everything below the level of about two feet. Um, the... the it looks like we're going to have to have new kitchen, new kitchen floors. Um, I mean, it's just basically everything. Oh dear! And is it all a bit, a bit mucky down there? It's horrible. It mm. stinks. Oh dear! <laughs> I bet. Have you had um, any advice from the council or the fire brigade on on what you can do to prevent this in the future? Um, well, it really was a one-off. Um, it, it was caused by a wall collapsing uh, further in, down in the village. Oh, um, which a, wa- a wall collapsing. Yeah, a wall collapsed into a stream, and that then backed up, oh, which caused a ditches further up the village to it burst its bank, and then literally everything diverted and just came um, uh, through an alleyway and straight straight through. And um, I think the, I think there's six houses altogether in our little row were flooded, and um, several in the high street, and. Uh, uh, in Park Lane, which is just around the corner from us, um, but uh, they, they say that it's uh, it shouldn't. It, it really was just a one-off. Well, any idea when you'll be back to normal? The insurance co- company said when they'll pay out. Um, well, they they reckon the um, it could be five to six months before we get back into the house. Excuse me, five to six months. Yes, <laughs> by the time the kitchen's all been um, done and the walls have been dried out, they they save um, four to six weeks to dry the walls out. Oh man! So where are um, you staying now? You're not. Are you in? The, are you staying in the house? No, no, we're staying in the hotel. And the, and the insurance are picking up the tab, are they? At the moment, yes. They um, there, there shouldn't be a problem. Um, they, uh, they've said that they will. How the, the, from the hotel, they're, they're hoping to find us some temporary accommodation. Well, listen, I, I really appreciate your call on Friday, uh, Chris. Thank you for that. And I, I well, five to six months sleeping around to uh, other places. I wish you the best of luck with it, and I hope it, it resolves itself very soon. Yeah, can I just make one comment? Yep. The, um, the the local police. I went to the house yesterday, and we've got uh, neighbours who are in their um, sort of late eighties, and um, the fire brigade on. Friday and 
um, were, were terrific with them. They got somebody up a ladder to sit with them. And yesterday, the fire, uh, the police uh, called around the local police, and um, they were so good. They were concerned about this old couple, and they said that they're... Um, they were, they were going to send uh, some liaison officers around because they were concerned that, you know, they were vulnerable to being ripped off, basically. Yeah. So they were going to look after them, and I thought that was absolutely fantastic. Well, Chris, thank you. We have, we, we've, we've done a lot of stories knocking the police recently, so it's good to hear a positive account of, uh, of them. Thank you very much, Chris. Oh, he's going to be out of his house for five to six months. Terrible. Well, as well as people's homes, the flooding has also forced the closure of some businesses. Lynn Presence is the co-owner of Parents Paradise in Watford, an indoor play centre suitable for children up to the age of 11. Lynn, what's happened to you? Well, um, the flood hit us overnight on a Friday through the night. I mean, we, we sort of had an idea that the water levels were rising, so I, I managed to get some sandbags delivered and got them put across We've got some big roller shutter doors at the back of the building. I got them placed along the bottom there of the doors in the hope that we'd stave off some of the water. But I just had no idea what was going to hit us on Saturday morning. I mean, it was pointless Where having did, bags down there. You, you said you ordered some sandbags. I wouldn't have a clue how to go about doing that. Where do you get them from? No, I didn't either. I, I, I found Watford Borough Council in desperation. And the very nice receptionist lady there just said, there's nothing we can do to help. She said, but I understand there's a place in King's Langley. Why don't oh. you try them? Oh. So that was basically what happened. But it was pointless. I mean, Saturday morning, I can't describe to you the shock as we drove into our industrial estate and the water basically was nearly up to the front gate, wow. which is on, on Gretham Road. I mean, the, our, our, our centre looked like um, an island in the middle of a lake. And I'm not exaggerating. Your heart must have sunk when you when you came around the corner and saw that. Well, it's unbelievable. I mean, I, I, it was just incredulous. I mean, the ridiculous. I mean, I, I've been involved very closely involved in the whole Bunsfield incident some years ago, and I can only liken it to that. It was the same level of shock. Mm. I just can't believe that there was that much water. I mean, at its depth in the back car park, and we didn't go round there. But I'm guessing it must have been well over three foot, even even deeper. It was ridiculous. Mm. And by the time we got, we managed to wade across into the building. I mean, the, I had looked through the letterbox because I, I hoped and prayed that maybe the levels weren't as bad inside the building. But it was pointless when I opened the door. There was basically a foot and a half to two foot of water all the way through the centre. I mean, the kitchen is gone, or the carpets, the ground floor of all of the play frames. We've got go-karts in there. They're all ruined. I mean, there's bit, there, were, there were bins floating on the water. Oh, dear. You know, there were, there were kids' toys floating in oh. the water. I mean, I would say, if anyone is interested, because it is fascinating, although they are shocking, there are some pictures on Parents Paradise Facebook page. I mean, you just have a look at that. Yeah. It will tell you. It will show this you is going to... I mean, obviously, you'll, you'll get this, some of this paid back in the insurance, but I'm guessing because you're shut, you're going to be losing even more money, aren't you? Well, this is, this is the problem. This a children's play centre is a, is a seasonal business. So when you come to a children's play centre in the middle of winter on a wet weekend, you see them queuing out the door, you think they're having... You know, that business is thriving, but it is seasonal. So we have to make our money within six months of the year. And February and March, which is clearly a six to eight week period I'm guessing we're going to be closed for, that would represent about 20% of our turnover. I mean, it's, it's, it's going to cripple us. We've got half term in just over a week's time. 
Um, you know, it's, it's the busiest week of the whole year for us. Do you think the business could survive this, or is there a danger it might not? No, it'll survive it. It will survive it. Luckily, we have, we have good, a very good level of insurance, so I know the insurance will pick up everything that it needs to in terms of restoring the building. Um, I have staff, of course, which is almost my main concern, really, actually, mm. because we have people that, you know, have mortgages to pay and families to support, and I have to say, so far... They have been incredibly supportive. I mean, you know, they're all turned up in their wellies and they want to get stuck in and help out. And I can't thank them enough for that. I really can't. Lynn, uh, listen, if people want to get in touch and find out more about uh, the uh, Parents' Paradise, where can they go? I would go on the Facebook page. I mean, we've been inundated, so I would go on the Facebook page. It's the best way. We're going to keep it updated on a daily basis, do a little diary on there and photographs. So that would be great. But please, can I just say, everyone who comes to Parents' Paradise, please bear with us. We will be back, we will be better, and hopefully it'll be a matter of a few weeks' time. Lynn, give us a call when you're up and running, and we'll, you can come on the air and we'll have a little chat about it. That would be brilliant. Thank Thanks you very much. much. Cheers, then. Take care. I, to be honest, I think the kids would love that, wouldn't they? Two foot of water, two foot of dirty water. My boys would love it. What a nightmare. Lynn, thank you very much for your time. I'd look in to compete with you Feed or cheat or mistreat you Simplify you Classify you Deny, defy Or crucify you All I really Want to do Is baby be friends with you No, I ain't looking To fight with you Frighten you We're just looking at the pictures of the parents' paradise, owned by uh, Lynn, who we just spoke to. Oh my goodness gracious me! It's incredible, isn't it? It It's it's wild. What's going on there? Uh, We'll try and get the pictures on our Facebook page as well. But do look up Parents Paradise on Facebook uh, and support them if you can. Six sixteen. Let's get the travel news now. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Things are fairly quiet out there at the moment, but we have still got some problems left over with flooding. In London Coney, Shenley Lane is flooded around the Telford Road. And also between Hornsmill and Essendon, the B158 is closed. I'm Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Alice, thank you very much indeed. It's come up to 6.17. It's Monday the 10th of February. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Water levels along the River Thames have reached their highest for more than 20 years, putting thousands of homes at risk of flooding. The Hospice of St Francis in Berkhamsted says it may use private ambulances in future because it can't rely on the NHS to turn up in time. And residents of Ashwell in Hertfordshire are preparing a legal challenge to keep their church bells chiming at night. The weather today, cloudy at first this morning, but brightening up later. Do give us a call if you've been affected by the floods over the weekend. Let us know uh, where it's a little bit damp underfoot. Some of your stories, 08459... Four double five five double five. See three counties radio. If you've got a problem with a company, a council or an organisation... Get this roofing company round, see if they can fix the problem, and I'll pay the bill. He said, yeah, I did say that. The JVS Show fights for your rights. This conversation went round and round and round. And tackles your consumer problems. So, Roy, the question is, has he paid the bill? Yes, and he was standing there and he hands me an envelope. So I just opened the envelope and I looked inside of it. There's a cheque for £120 and that's it. If you need our help, email jvsshow at bbc.co.uk Are you happy? Yes, I'm quite happy. I will give him my fanfare, my horn and any other problems, Roy, you know where I am. The JVS Show, weekdays from nine. BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning. Now, a hospice in Berkhamsted is considering doing a deal with a private ambulance company because it can no longer rely on the NHS. Bosses at St Francis Hospice are extremely concerned that one of their elderly patients was left waiting more than five hours for an ambulance to bring her in from home, despite her serious condition. I'm joined now by Dr Sharon Chadwick, who is the hospice's medical director. Morning, Sharon. Good morning. What more can you tell us about this incident? Well, this was um, an elderly lady who had been referred to us by one of the consultants from Watford. Um, She was a lady who was suffering from um, advanced lung disease, and I was asked to visit her at home to try to help to control her symptoms and um, to support her and her family. The consultant thought she was fairly close to the end of her life. Um, So I went out and did a home visit uh, one evening. In fact, the family had contacted us um, early that morning and asked for uh, a very urgent home visit because she had deteriorated. So I went out to visit her and found that this lady was indeed very unwell. And at that point, it was about five o'clock in the evening, I decided that I couldn't leave her um, at home with her family overnight. And her choice was either to go into hospital or to be admitted to the hospice. And she was very clear that she didn't want to go into hospital, so I then phoned for an ambulance. Is it right you requested a within-the-hour ambulance? Yes, that's right. So when we have to admit patients um, from their homes, we can either request a a four-hour ambulance or we can do a 999, or that's very unusual for us, or we can request a within-hour ambulance. And those calls go through to the East of England Ambulance Service. One of the problems is that the same ambulance that's used to deal with the 999 calls is used for the within one hour requests. 
And so uh, what, what, they were particularly busy that night, were they? They were very, very busy. They had a huge number of 999 calls coming in, and of course they always have to take priority. So uh, poor lady kept getting bumped down to the bottom of the list, waiting for, for a 999 ambulance to be available. To be waiting for over five hours must have been very distressing for, for everybody involved. Yes, it was. And, you know, I mean, the, the lady was safe, and she, she wasn't... Um, it, it was a... Being admitted to the hospice is always a really big deal, mm. and um, the uncertainty and not knowing when the ambulance was going to come. And the lady was very breathless. I mean, she had oxygen at home, but it was what we wanted was to, to get her into the hospice so that we could treat her, get her feeling better, and get her settled, actually, because as it, as it turned out, she didn't arrive until five to midnight. Um, and it, that's, you know, it's very late. Yeah, and it was very cold to be transferring a lady in her 80s. Is this a one-off? No, unfortunately it isn't. And I've been trying to have conversations with various people, although to be fair, not within East, not to East of England, um, for a couple of years now trying to improve transport for this particularly vulnerable and frail group of patients. Uh, but I have to say that East of England, um, the, the doctor that was on call was actually tweeting about it on that evening. And those tweets were picked up very quickly by East of England. They've responded absolutely brilliantly. And we're due to meet them in the next week or so to see how we can improve uh, the service for, for palliative care patients. But what, what can you do? I mean, you, there's talk of a private ambulance. Well, that's, that's kind of like our last option because... That's um, going to be expensive, isn't it? Well, it's going to be very expensive. And the last thing we want to do is to be spending the, uh, the money that we, uh, we raise um, for, as, as a charity on something if we don't have to. Um, so what we're, what we're hoping, and this suggestion came from East of England, is that there'll be some way that we can prioritise... Not above 999, of course, but for, for the within one hour requests, the urgent requests, there's some way of prioritising palliative care patients at the top of that weight so that we, we become the immediate priority after the 999s are dealt with. Whose fault is this, Sharon? That's a very good question, and I'm not sure that I have the answer for you. I think, I, I think it is, is actually... It's a function of the way that the NHS is working at the moment. I just think that, that resources generally are extremely stretched. I can't blame East of England. It's, you know, they are doing the best they can with the resources they have. Um, I think that there is a hu huge issue with the way that we're funding the NHS at the moment, and I don't have any answers, I'm afraid. And, and what do you hope to get out of the meeting? I mean, what, what do you think East of England Ambulance Service can realistically do? Well, what I'm hoping is that they will prioritise palliative care patients, um, that, that, that we can get them to understand exactly the kind of people that we're talking about and try to help make sure that patients like this aren't left waiting as long. Sharon, thanks very much. Keep doing uh, the good work that you do uh, there. It's Dr Sharon Chabuk, who is the uh, hospice's St Francis Hospice Medical Director. 08459 455555. You can send me a little text as well. 81333. Start your text, 3CR.
for the second show. Don't forget this week, we're celebrating the magic of 80s Macca. I've got my Paul McCartney, all the best. I don't know whether to go in. I don't know how to play this, Catherine. Do we go in... By yourself, quietly. Do we go in... Do, we, do I break them in softly, or do I just smack them straight in the gut on day one? OK, so what would that constitute? I, I don't want to give away my gut smacker. Oh. There's a gut smacker on this CD. Do I, do I build up to that? Ease them in. Ease them in. Okay, we'll ease, we'll ease them in. The gut smacker will play on Friday then. Oh, it's like a quick kick to the ribs. It's going to divide people. It's going to divide people. We'll, we'll get to that in due course. 08459 455 555. Give us a call with your stories of the flooding this week. If you've been driving around Beds, Hearts and Bucks, driving on the motorway, just look out. The fields are flooded. It's incredible. I mean, it looks beautiful. It looks beautiful. I'm guessing if you're affected by it, you're not thinking that. 08459 455 555. 
Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The A1M southbound slow going at the moment between Junction 7 for Stevenage and 6 for Wellin. In Bushy Heath, there's been an accident on Common Road and the Royden Road is closed between the A414 and Stansted Abbots because of flooding. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much indeed. 08459 555 is the phone number. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's half past six, I'm Lee Agnew. The headlines, water levels along the River Thames have reached their highest for more than 20 years. The Environment Agency has issued 14 severe flood warnings, indicating a risk to life. Meanwhile, it may be six months before some people in Puckeridge in Hertfordshire can return to their homes following flooding on Friday. The Hospice of St Francis in Berkhamsted says it may use private ambulances in the future. It says it can't rely on the NHS to turn up in time. The Deputy Mayor of Bedford, Charles Royden, has praised the fire service for stopping a fire in an office block spreading to other buildings. The former town hall, which is due for demolition, caught fire in the early hours of Saturday morning. Residents of Ashwell in Hertfordshire are preparing a legal challenge to keep their church bells chiming at night. It follows complaints from other people in the village who live near St Mary's. The weather will be cloudy with showers this morning but sunny spells this afternoon. Top temperatures around 8 degrees Celsius, 46 degrees Fahrenheit. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Starting with football and there was more misery for David Moyes as Man United conceded a 95th minute equaliser to draw two all with bottom of the table Fulham. Here's Alistair Yeomans. A game which defied logic. Manchester United looked to have rescued the day after trailing to bottom club Fulham despite overwhelming pressure. As time ebbed away, two goals in three minutes by Van Persie and Carrick trumped Sidwell's surprise opener for Fulham. And in a normal season, United would have expected to hang on and close out the game. But well into stoppage time, Bent stooped to head home for Fulham to deepen the gloom at Old Trafford. The Milton Keynes Don striker Isel McLeod says he still has plenty to offer the club. McLeod has been out of favour for most of the season but played on Saturday and scored two in the 3-0 win at Walsall. I don't think I'd, uh, I'd be a professional footballer if you haven't got mental strength. It's a big, big part of being a professional athlete in whatever sport you play. Um, you're going to have knockbacks, you're going to have obviously setbacks, so you just got to keep strong, believe in your own ability which I do, and believe when a chance comes along, I can, uh, I can take it. The snowboarder Jenny Jones has won Team GB's first ever Olympic medal on snow. A great second run in the slope-style event put her in gold medal position at one stage before she slipped down the scoreboard to eventually claim bronze. It feels amazing, absolutely amazing. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. <laughs> I, I just can't believe it. I think I was just waiting, you know, because I knew I was going to drop down and drop down and I just didn't know how far. And then, yeah, to be in... Oh, my God, I, I'm just so happy right now. And finally, in rugby, France have moved into second in the Six Nations table behind Ireland after an emphatic 30-10 victory over Italy. BBC Three Counties News and Sport with more at seven o'clock. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Yep, that'll do it, that'll do it. Morning. Hey, look at that. You're doing jazz hands, Catherine. I was. I was loving that. Catherine has I, uh, Catherine has joined me in what I like to call my studio. Oh, right, yeah. 
um, for a review of the papers. But before we get to the newspapers, and to be honest, it's all it's all about Mariah Carey's boobs. She has them. And the Winter Olympics. We got one. I, I saw a little bit. I saw some figure skating this this weekend. Oh, I mean, it was good in as much as it, my boys then started getting up and trying to figure skate around the living room. So that was fun. Figure skating itself, boring. And I saw, is it the luge? Is it the luge when one man goes down on his back on a roller skate? Uh, I think it is. Backwards. If we head feet first. It's like you're in the bath. Because face first is the skeleton. Feet, feet first, I think, is the luge. I saw a bit of the luge. I saw some of the um, skiing. I saw some of the snowboarding. They are mad. They're not that good. They were, they go down like this big pot, this big tube thing. I think they call it the rail. Yeah. They could really... Co- I've seen no. that and you've been framed and it doesn't normally end like the, that. The rail would be a rail. No, it's big. That's the tube. It's fat. I've played um, SSX Tricky on the uh, Nintendo GameCube. Oh, so you know about it. I do know a lot about... Uh, I just The fella I saw snowboarding fell over. Oh, I, thought, I missed really? that one. That's Olympic standard, is it? Really? I could probably do better than that. Very disappointing. What they don't show, and what they should be showing, is the mad scramble to try and get onto those ski lifts. People trying <laughs> to grab the ski that, that I would watch. But the rest of it, boring. I know, I got a bit sucked in, and I don't like sport. Yeah, boring. I wait, 459, 455, 555. Before we look at the papers, though, mm-hmm. it's Paul McCartney, Macca's 80s week revival. Yes. We're going to look back on the, uh, the forgotten decade... My dad's got that on. It's great, isn't it? Paul McCartney, all the best. Look at him leaning nonchalantly on his left-handed Rickenbacker bass guitar. Uh, with the... So I've been listening to this all weekend. This is a great record. It's a great record. We're going to play some from here. Tomorrow I'm going to bring in Spies Like Us, which isn't <gasps> on here. Ooh, ooh, what do you do? But before that, I thought we'd have a little bit of the theme tune from his um, ill-conceived vanity project, Give My Regards to Broad Street. Have you seen that film? No. It's a, it's, it's a movie starring him. And what happens is... Um, the the master tape of his new album has been stolen by a man who works for him. So Paul McCartney, rather slowly and lackadaisically, wanders around trying to find them, playing Beatles songs with Ringo Starr and um, loads of other people like that. So it's a bit like all the other ones, then? Yeah. But what happens at the end is it turns out the guy hadn't stolen them. He just got locked in the toilets of Broad Street Station and he got reunited with the tapes. What a waste of time. Turns out that's not the end. Oh, the whole thing was a dream. Boom. So even the week ending was part of the dream. Was it written by a seven-year-old? It was written by Paul. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> this is the theme tune from it, and it's brilliant. Wait another day Until I call you You've only got my heart on a string And everything a flutter But another lonely night Might take forever We've only got each other to blame It's all the same to me, love Cause I know what I feel Never miss the thrill 
down and dirty on the electric guitar. Oh my god, from the beat. I've got a theory about guitar solo. Oh yeah, go on. Men. What about it? Don't get many women doing guitar solos. It's they're men not, pleasing themselves. They're not as good at um, guitar. They get on with it. They do a beginning, middle and an end. They don't faff about in the middle. i tell you what I don't like. Left-handed guitar players. Not bass players. Left-handed guitar players. I went to see uh, Jerry and the Pacemakers last night. Odd that all of the Pacemakers are younger than me. Apart oh. from Jerry. And, um, well, the, uh, it was thoroughly enjoyable. The second half was enjoyable because in the second half he wasn't playing Bette Midler and Eagles songs. Which Bette Midler? Um, Did you ever know that no. you're my hero? Not that one. One, go, one where at the end he goes, fly. Yeah, is that? I know, what, I know it wasn't that then. Name another Bette Midler song. Fly the that one. <laughs> no, name another Bette Midler song. Um, she did Boogie Woogie Bugle Boy. No, well, she didn't it. do that. Anyway, a uh, couple of problems I had with it. We, we enjoyed it. But a couple of problems. The top end was way too high. The top, the guy doing the sound obviously has, has, over the years, has damaged his hearing and he can't hear the top end. So he whacked it up. It was just hitting my tinnitus sweet spot. Ooh. So it, it was in harmony with my tinnitus. It, even my sister was going, flipping heck, what's going on? Uh, so that, and he, 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 I, he didn't, I thought he was going to be telling stories between the songs. And he wasn't, really, apart from, um, he used a word. Not a rude one. Well, he used the word that both me and my... The, the, the audience, my mum was one of the youngest people there, OK? Right. That tells you the age of the audience. And he used the word that had the audience roaring with laughter. And both me and my sister went, um... Can I say the word? Mouth it. Oh. He said, I'm going to say it once, Go OK? On. He said pufta. Right. In reference to what? His bass player. Was he a gay man? I, I, don't, I don't think... No, he wasn't. Oh, he's a right pufter, is what he said. And both me and my sister went... And not in a good-for-him way. No, no, no. In a, he made reference in to... Um, he made reference to um, Little Richard as well. But... Uh, and I just thought it was... Is this, he called him a Humpty Dumpty. I don't quite get the slang there. But it, Numpty? No, he... Just say Numpty, wouldn't you? And, that, and I, I just... We, we just sat there and went, Oh, that's odd and unusual... And a little uncomfortable. My mum laughed. I guess he wasn't talking to us. He was talking to my mum. It was very weird. It was enjoyable, but I could have done with... He, he was... I tell you what he looked like. A cross between um, Jimmy Tarbuck and Ted Bovis from Heidi High. Right, I've got you. He had that kind of vibe going about him. Ted, a bit Teddy. bit Ted. Yeah, a bit Teddy. Oh, well, good, good for him. <laughs> he's found his look and he's sticking with he's it. He's found his look. What have you got in the papers? Loads and loads and loads. There was loads a left-handed guitarist in there. That's the thing. It made me feel anxious. Right. Okay. My brain couldn't compute a left-handed guitarist. It made me feel very uncomfortable. Schoolgirl wants jailed, sir. Back. That's on the front page of the Sun. Oh dear. As are some quite old pictures of um, a rich woman on holiday holding a baby. You say they're old pictures. I've seen them before, or I just feel like I've seen them before. Oh dear. I feel sorry for the giraffe in all of this. Oh, well, he's not even in. He's quite further in, or she. So a healthy eighteen-month-old giraffe. I think he's called Morris. Oh, makes it worse giving him a name. Yeah, you can't name them then slaughter them. In a, I'm, I'm kind of making up... Uh, it's Marius, and it's in uh, Copenhagen Zoo. What country is Copenhagen in? That is in Denmark. So they'd be Danish, wouldn't they? Yes. Not Dutch. Denmark, they're quite dark in Denmark, aren't they? Those Scandi crime things. Maybe yeah. they think this is OK. They killed a perfectly healthy giraffe, and then they cut it up in front of children, yeah. and then they fed it to a lion. I know that's what happens in the wild. I mean, minus well, the intervention of people to cut up your dinner. But that is uh, something else, isn't it? 
What they should have done, and you're right, the, the, you're right, it, it was perhaps inappropriate for the people to do it, they should have put the giraffe in the lion pen. And let na- and then it's nature. Well, it's not really, because that giraffe hasn't been brought up on the Serengeti, learning how to run away, and it would be penned in. Genetic. Instinct. Yeah, but you can't run away, can you, if you're penned in? Well, that's the, that's the giraffe's problem. I'm I think- sure sometimes a giraffe gets away. I think I think the senseless slaughter of a giraffe like that is unfair, and then to cut it open in front of kids. But if you want to educate kids, put it in put it in the lion pen with a zebra. See who lasts longest. Take bets. Wow. Why not? Um, cruel. Fern Cotton uh, dressed up like um, a prostitute from the 1950s. Oh, on page... now come on. Uh, let me show you the picture. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Do you see why has she done that? She's only 32. How does she get younger and younger and yet still be such an amazing presenter? 08459. What? Wow. I'm I'm in that... You've got a cruel streak today. I'm tired. I'm really tired today. And when I'm tired, it comes out. Yeah, you're acting up. I'm not acting up. 08459 555 555. You got anything else? Yeah. Go on. Moaning. Oh. Britons complain every 1.2 seconds. Oh. Britons are shaking off their traditional reserve. Uh, I can't remember the last time I saw a bit of tra- traditional British reserve, can you? Apart from from the Queen, and that's slightly Germanic. And complaining in greater numbers with energy companies feeling most of consumers' wrath, I wonder why, um, according to research by the Ombudsman Service. The 2014 Customer Action Monitor reported that shops, internet providers, transport companies and tour operators were high on the hit list of unhappy customers. Complaint being made every 1.2 seconds. Well, that's because people are skinned, and so if you are owed money, you want it back. There's nothing wrong with a good moan. I don't do it very often. But when I do do it, I really... Do it loud. I do it loud and proud. I'm loud. I'm proud. I'm dum ba dum ba dum boom Yeah. You've got to direct it at the right person, I think. And it can be quite liberating. It can be liberating. Uh, I, I do uh, uh, kick myself when I d- um, de- deliver it to phone people. Mm. Phone men and women. Yeah. The, the, the proud phone men and women of this great country, or indeed India. I, I like the Indians. I, I'm the, it, it frustrates me when I have a problem that's a little out of, out of the usual yeah, remit, and yeah. they are trying desperately to get me back on the script. No, I like the Indian dudes when they do that, because they're in India. And I, I, was, I was talking to... It was like, I don't know what company it was. It doesn't really matter. But I was talking so to this fellow. Jeff, he Steve. Was, he was called Steve, right? Yeah. The thickest... Uh, and we were chatting. I said, mate, you're not called Steve. Like, oh, yes, I'm called... I won't do the voice. I nearly did. Yes, I'm called Steve. I said, hey, Steve, are you in India? No, well, I'm not really allowed A to bit. say where... Are you in India? I'm not really... Because I've been to India. Oh, where have you been? No, I've been to... to De- oh, yeah, no, I'm near Delhi. <laughs> Your name's not Steve, is it? No, it's Vishram. Okay, Vish. What's the, what's the weather like? Oh, it's really hot. Just I love chatting to... You're talking to someone in India. I know, but did your problem get sorted? Ah, just a nice who, chat? Cares, who cares <laughs> about problems when, uh, for the price of an 0800 number or an 08459 number, I'm speaking to someone in a, a continent that we used to own, and it's good to just check up on those guys, make sure they're doing all right without us. And it seems that they're, they're doing pretty well. Good. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Going between Harrow Weald and Clamp Hill, Brooks Hill is closed after an accident. The M25 anti-clockwise is slow between Junction 21 for the M1 and 20 for Kings Langley. And the M1 southbound heavy going between 10 for Luton Airport and 7 for Hemel Hempstead. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much. 6.47. 
It's, uh, where are we now? Monday, the 10th of February. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. It's a quarter... Oh, no, hang on a second. Water levels along the River Thames have reached their highest for more than 20 years, putting thousands of homes at risk of flooding. The hospice of St Francis in Berkhamsted says it may use private ambulances in future because it can't rely on the NHS to turn up in time. And residents of Ashwell in Hertfordshire are preparing a legal challenge to keep their church bells chiming at night. Oh, someone's not... Louisa, I don't think you got the weather up. You didn't get the weather up, Louisa. Oh, no, nuts. Louisa's um, uh, doing an excellent job apart... Well, apart from not getting the weather up. But that's fine. She's the first day. She's filling in for uh, Kelly Betts. Kelly Betts should be coming in, I think, in the next couple of minutes. I'm looking forward to that. Kelly Betts... Louisa is Kelly Betts. Kelly Betts is Justin. And Justin is Skyvin. Yeah. That, I that's think, about right. I think that's the, the, the chain of command at the moment. 08459 455. 555 is the phone number. Uh, if you want to give us your flooding stories, then you're more than welcome to. Or you can send me a little cheeky text. 81333. Right, let's get the weather. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Away you go. Hello. Hello, you after me? Yeah, who's this? It's Georgina Burnett. Georgina Burnett, I'm so sorry. Well, listen, my, my fat fingers are hitting the wrong buttons and the wrong faders. Have you got some weather for us? I certainly have. Well, yes. you go, Georgina. Okay. Uh, so we've got a mostly cloudy day with showery outbreaks of patchy light rain clearing to the east. And uh, hopefully we'll get some glimpses of sunshine later on, but we'll certainly have lighter winds with temperatures reaching 7 or 8 degrees Celsius. Now, I just have to point out that Bedfordshire have got a yellow warning in place for ice until 10 o'clock this morning. It's going to be quite icy out there for most of us actually uh, so do be careful if you're driving or walking actually on the pavement. Uh, tonight fairly calm to start off with with clear spells but uh, temperatures are really going to plummet in that time, probably close to freezing. It's clouding over though ahead of the day's rain then and the winds will increase and so tomorrow uh, we've got a heavy band of squally rain moving eastwards uh, exiting the east uh, probably in the afternoon so we'll have it for much of the day it's going to be quite windy with the rain as well with west to northwesterly winds and leaving showers behind it with temperatures reaching about seven degrees celsius now the metaphors have got a yellow warning in place for rain for midnight tonight until midnight tomorrow night and there's another one on thursday as well so we've got lots of wet and windy weather this week i'm afraid georgina yeah what's squally rain um, it's basically, it's when you've got um, perhaps some thunder and hail mixed oh. in there. It's oh. sort of quite heavy and you've got, and it's windy as well. Oh. So it's not very pleasant. It's another way of saying really unpleasant. <laughs> <laughs> it's a posh way of saying it. Georgina, thank you very much. Nick Coffer on BBC Three Counties Radio. Every weekday between 12 and 3, I'm here with a little bit of celebrity. My geography teacher at school resurrected a jazz standard song, which was Won't You Come Home, Bill Bailey. It made me dedicate myself to be trying to be better. I always felt that wasn't quite good enough. Expert advice. Absolutely, you've got it, you've nailed it. I am so happy, thank you. And loads of really great music. Nick Coffer. Weekdays from 12 on BBC Three Counties Radio. The 
You're right. It's, it's, it's not a very good song, is it? It's not a very good song. I mean, we, it's, it's no, all right. Yeah, it's not worse. Well, not much. Mm. Not much worse. I bought that first album. Made the mistake uh, of listening to the lyrics. Michael joins us on the phone this morning. Morning, Michael. Morning. Michael, what have you got for us? Well, I think the solution to it is you build the houses on stilts. The solution to Cairo Emerald. <laughs> To the flood, the flooding. Yes, houses. the solution to flooding is what, sir? I thought for a second, I thought you said they should be built on stilts, but you couldn't have been so ridiculous, could you? They do it abroad, what? and they don't get flooded abroad, do they? When that flood, he makes a blooming good point. They do. Hang on a minute. Which countries do they do it in? In Kuala Lumpur. Hello. Yes. Are you suggesting we follow the Kuala Lumpurian method of house building by building? But may, I think a lot of those houses are made of bamboo, but building them on stilts. Well, the North Sea oil rigs stand out there, and I don't have a problem. He's, do now they? that is a cracking point. The North Sea oil rigs, they're, they're, and they are. I don't, they're not bamboo, are they, Michael? Well, do you want to keep flooded every year, or do you want to sort of have a dry house every year? That's your choice. How you would you get out of your house? A rope ladder? Well, you don't go out when that flood, do you? So, oh. <laughs> yeah, it's a good point. Michael, I'm going to get my shopping through the front door. Tesco's, they'll deliver it. He makes an excellent point. Other supermarkets deliver. Yeah, but Tesco's, I mean, boom. But Asda's are all right. 08459 four double five five double five. Thank you, Michael. Houses on stilts. Catherine, you're not convinced by that, but the more I think about it, those Kuala Lumpurians, are, they're, they're spot on, aren't they? Yes. Could build the rivers lower. Or and we could so, make sure the drains are cleared and that floodplains are left. Hey, man, drain, uh, drain the drains and uh, dredge the rivers and uh, stop sending money to India. They've oh, no, got I a nuclear programme. And No, this is what we, the whole weekend has been on I radio. Know. Blooming Farage saying, why, 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 why are we sending money to, to a place like India? We're on floods! Why, why are the two connected? I don't see why we can't do both. Because mm-hmm. we're, we're helping starving children in India, which I would say, I'm going to say it. Children who are dying of starvation in India, I suggest, are a little bit more important than people in Gloucester who've got floods. Boom. I've said it. It's out there. It's out in the open now. Or everyone could just live upstairs. What are you doing here, Kelly? I don't know. She's waiting to be dispatched. Oh. Not in a hitman kind of way. I was making a gallery online of all the flooding pictures we've been sending. You don't need to finish that sentence because already it's quite dull. Oh, sorry. So you're Justin this week. Mm. Uh, We went somewhere wet to send her, don't we? Yes. If you know somewhere wet that Kelly needs to go and see with her own eyes, because the pictures we've got are old by now, aren't they? We yeah, need to know what the old. current situation is. So yeah. if you are encountering problems with the flooding, maybe that's an idea. Or if you've got a house on stilts. That, I would prefer that, yeah. a house on stilts. I don't think we're going to get many calls on that. Do you remember that house that was going to go up and down? Remember that? No. There was a house that was going to go up and down. Do that? Is it on a raft? It was going to go up and down, so when it got wet... That seems like a really extreme yeah. bit of kit to put into a house. Yeah. Basically, well, I'll do anything. I'm not really. Well, fussed. I'm on a minute. Careful. That's well, a can of worms. What's the um, What's the story you had about people having moaning? Moan? People Have moan every 1.2 seconds. I go and find out when people last moaned and what they moaned about. And oh, if yeah. we get a flood or a house on stilts, yeah. then I think we've got your number somewhere. Someone has. We'll um, We'll send a text. Just tweet me or something. Yeah. Okay. We'll just lean out the window yeah. and shout. 
Have yeah, you got wellies? I, I'm not going to go far. Um, no, I've got... No. Have you got... Oh, dear. All right, then, bye. Bye. You can make a cough on the way out. <laughs> Thanks very much. Bye. Shall I really go? Yeah, yeah go, and do, go and do it. Mm, OK. So what... I, I'm Just not... take the headphones off and go. I'm not, I'm not even joking now. <laughs> so Just what go. are you last moaned for? Yeah, yeah. When Just did you last have a moan? And take, what was it about? So I encourage it. Take your headphones off and go. I don't, I've got no idea why you're staying here. Okay. All right. But do that. The headphones are off. I'm just going. Why Why have you got a cob on? I'm not. I haven't. Well, then just go. Don't come just... back to the microphone. <laughs> just go. The door's shut again now. You've got to push it open. Okay. Bye, guys. Be careful. Bye. What's her problem? Bye. Just shut the door. Bye. Don't come back! <laughs> I don't have a problem. I was just wondering if that was a real question. No, it's real. Bye, okay. then. All right. Right, go, go. Wait, open the door again. Just go, for goodness sake. Turn the lights on. You're such a... Can I turn them off? No! Oh, OK. Fine. Now you understand. But I'm not in a oh. mood. I just want to say I'm not in a mood or anything. I'm, in, I'm getting in a mood now. But we're friends, right? What? <laughs> Who told you that? When was the last time you moaned? No, you can't box us. Out, out. then. I don't moan. Then I'm ahead of myself. I see what the next time I'm going to moan is at one minute past nine when I go and speak to the bosses about you. Oh, OK, mate. Out. All right, thanks. Bye, mate. We've got a whole week of this, have we? Yeah. This is what I deal with all the time. Unbelievable. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Between Harrow Weald and Clamp Hill, Brooks Hill is closed after an accident and the A1M southbound slow going between Junction 7 for Stevenage and 6 for Wellin. The M1 southbound is heavy between Junction 10 for Luton Airport and 7 for Hemel Hempstead. And the M25 anti-clockwise looking busy around Junction 16 for the M40. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Gossett, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much indeed. We had a moaning email the other day saying, where, where were you on Friday? You should have been reporting the floods. Well, don't moan, phone. I did Perfect. it. I did Perfect. it. Don't moan, phone. Give us a call. Let us know where your, the flooding is and where it has happened in your region and how it's affected you. 08459 555555. Using Sport Now, here's Lee Agnew. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's seven o'clock. The headlines, thousands of homes under threat as river levels rise on the Thames. More concern about ambulance response times in Hertfordshire and a legal challenge to keep church bells ringing in Ashwell. BBC Three Counties Radio. Water levels along the River Thames have reached their highest for more than 20 years. The Environment Agency has issued 14 severe flood warnings with thousands of homes at risk. Andy Moore reports. The Environment Agency's highest level of alert covers a 10-mile stretch of the Thames downriver from Windsor. The River Thames is expected to continue rising for some days. Several gauges have registered the highest recorded levels since the instruments were installed in the 1980s and 90s. Meanwhile, it may be six months before some people in Puckeridge can return to their houses. Chris Woodward's home was flooded on Friday and he told Ian Lee this morning that there's extensive damage. Well, downstairs, everything below the level of about two feet... Um, it looks like we're going to have to have new kitchen, new kitchen floors, um, I mean, just basically everything. 
A hospice in Berkhamsted is considering using private ambulances because it can no longer rely on the NHS. An elderly woman was left waiting five hours for an ambulance to take her from home to the hospice of St Francis. Medical Director Dr Sharon Chadwick says it's a bad use of resources. One of the problems is that the same ambulance that's used to deal with the 999 calls is used for the within one hour request. They had a huge number of 999 calls coming in and, of course, they always have to take priority. So our poor lady kept getting bumped down to the bottom of the list. MPs will vote today on a new law to ban smoking in cars carrying children. Health campaigners support the change, but the pro-smoking group Forest says it's an unnecessary intrusion into people's lives. Parents are divided on the issue. I think if there's children involved, then I think that you shouldn't be allowed to smoke anyway. It's too confined, really, and... Um, they don't get the choice, do they? I don't think necessarily it should be brought into law. I think we're becoming more of a nanny state, to be honest. Residents of Ashwell in Hertfordshire are preparing a legal challenge to keep their church bells chiming at night. It follows complaints from other people in the village who live near St Mary's. Ewan Duncan reports. A few residents from Ashwell complained about the noise made by the church bells during the night, saying it was disturbing their sleep. It led to a plan to silence the bells from 10pm through to 6am. But now some villagers are planning a referendum on the issue and, if necessary, will press the parish council to take legal action. The bells at Ashwell Church have been ringing for over a century. In sport, Manchester United were denied victory after bottom club Fulham scored a dramatic injury time equaliser to earn a point at Old Trafford. And the weather for Bedsards and Bucks will be cloudy with showers this morning but sunny spells this afternoon. Top temperatures around 8 degrees Celsius, 46 degrees Fahrenheit. Get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash counties. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. It's cold, it's wet, it's miserable out there. Still lots to talk about. After a weekend of wet weather, we'll be catching up with some of the worst places affected by the flooding. If it's you, if you've been flooded, if you've seen it, if you've experienced it, give me a call. 08459 We'll also be finding out why a Hertfordshire hospice has lost faith in the East of England Ambulance Service and is considering hiring a private company instead. And the Ashwell Bells. Newcomers to the village complained about them chiming every quarter of an hour. Oh, for goodness sakes, it's what makes Britain great. Let the church bells chime! Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. You can send me a text, 81333. Start your text, 3CR. Or you can give me a call, 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. 08459 455 555. If flooding has happened where you are, then do let us know. Now, after a brief let-up in the weather yesterday, forecasters are predicting another week of heavy rain and flooding. Now, our area area has not been as badly hit as some places further south, but that'll come as no comfort to those of you who've been wading around your ground floor this weekend, like Daniel Harper from Aylesbury. We've lived here about 12 years, and we had one instance of flooding which lasted a day, 
many, many, many years ago. But since then, um, we've had torrential rain, you know, months of it, in fact, and it's been fine. And now it seems to be a monthly occurrence that we have this sort of flood, but it's never been this bad. Personally, I would say there's nothing to do with the river, it's nothing to do with the rain. This is my opinion. There's a drain block somewhere, but there's nobody taking responsibility. Um, the the um, MP uh, said that the drains in this area are okay, but, you know, water flows everywhere. So there must be somewhere that the water is getting blocked. Okay, well, we spoke to Aylesbury Vale District Council about this over the weekend, uh, and they said drain clearing was a county council job. So, let's talk to the leader of Buckinghamshire County Council, Martin Tett. Martin, is it your job? Yeah, hi, and good morning to you. Yes, if it's a drain, it's definitely our job. So what's your reaction to what you've just heard? Um, well, I was out, I don't know if this is the Ellen Road area, I've been out all weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, going around the whole county looking at the, the filling we've got. Uh, I do not know where this gentleman lives. I'm assuming it's the Ellen Road area from what you said earlier. When I was there on Friday, everybody I spoke to was very clear the big issue was the brook at the back. Um, In fact, when I asked about drains, uh, residents said specifically that they were clear and were regularly cleared. The brook at the back is the responsibility of the Environment Agency, and I know it sounds like finger-pointing, but there is a serious issue and theme that's emerging everywhere I've been this weekend, down in Chalfon St Giles and in Old Amersham, both of which have flooded out as well, um, that the Environment Agency has not been maintaining um, the flows along these rivers, and that's a result that, that's causing a lot of water to burst the banks um, and flood into people's houses. And I think that's a serious issue that needs addressing. But what about what, what the, the gentleman we were just speaking to said? Uh, he, he does seem to think it's drains. Are you, are you dismissing that outright? No, of course I'm not. I mean, what I'm saying is he doesn't know and I don't know. I mean, I heard what the interview was. He said he didn't know. He thought there was a drone block somewhere. Well, there may or may not be. But I'm telling you that when I was down there on Friday, the residents told me that was not the problem. Um, so I'm assuming he is in the Ellen Road area. You know, of course, we'll have a look at it. But it's very doubtful from what I saw. I mean, I was in my wellies and the water was so deep it was coming in right over the top of my wellies on Friday. You know, I went down with the local county councillor, a guy called Steve Lambert. We looked at the brook. You could see where it had burst its banks and had literally come torrenting over the top of the brook and just flooded all the estate around it. You know, and for everybody in that area, it's an absolute personal tragedy. It is a nightmare, isn't it? Have you sp- what are the people you've spoken to saying? Well, you you have the understandable anger. You know, why has this happened to me? Um, Occasionally, and I'm not saying this is universal, the the search for a villain, you know, know, whose fault is this? You know, it's your fault, it's their fault, it's somebody else's fault, and so on. Uh, Most people, however, and I have to say I've met some really nice people over the weekend, incredible in the situation, have said, you know, the torrential rain we've had now for weeks and weeks and weeks, which I think was referred to earlier, you know, has just been horrendous. Most people can't remember weather like this. Um, you know, and it's everywhere. I mean, Western Turville, it's Aylesbury, it's up in Buckingham. Marlow this morning is a disaster area. I mean, that's my prime focus at the moment. Um, Chalfont St. Giles, Chalfont St. Peter, Old Amersham. I mean, we have people's houses there, you know, that are literally nine inches deep right the way through their living rooms and, and lounges. And it's going to get worse, isn't it? The weather forecast is, uh, is not looking particularly healthy. No, I mean, that's the worrying thing. I mean, people have been saying to me, look, you know, They've occasionally had floods before. You know, you know, I can remember 20 years ago when this happened sort of thing. But what they say is, it happened once. Mm. You know, it, it lasted a day, and then it went. What we're getting now is just rain that goes on endlessly. There's no end in sight in the forecast. And we need, I think it's a whole country, I think it's a central government issue. How do we build the resilience to cope with this sort of weather on a continuous basis?
Martin, thank you very much for your time. It's uh, Councillor Martin Tech who's saying it's not uh, a problem with the drains. He's from Buckinghamshire County Council. Is it flooding where you are? Have you had a, a bit of a nightmare weekend? You came downstairs Saturday morning and there was three inches of water everywhere. 08459 455 555. Dennis is in Tempsford. Morning, Dennis. Good morning. Dennis, what you got for me? Well, Ian, um, I live on a boat at Tempsford. Oh, and I've been watching the uh, the river rise and uh, getting very experienced now. Three o'clock this morning, it was getting to the peak of my um, flood defences, a little bridge that I've built to get off, 30 foot long and about six foot wide. Um, so in torchlight, myself and my young lady um, beat a hasty retreat. Oh. Oh, really? I, so you would have thought, one would have thought a boat was the best place to be in this. If you can get on or off it, it is. But if you've got to swim across... Yeah. Rivers get wider. Well, don't they just... I've, I've, so I've been driving all over the place this weekend, and I've seen various rivers, and, I mean, it looks incredible, doesn't it? It looks absolutely incredible, what's going on. Oh, it's very beautiful. But, <laughs> if you're stuck in it, it's not so good. So what, do you know when you'll be able to safely go back, Dennis? Um, well, it, 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 I mean, last year, November, uh, I think it took until uh, January the 6th. Um, but, uh, you know, I mean, we're looking at the peak of the river in Bedford right now. Um, that takes a few hours to come down. Hopefully it's going to peak and start to drop. Um, if it, if it drops sufficient, I can get back on, but I'm going to book a hotel for tonight and probably tomorrow night anyway. And, uh... Dennis, just going off on a very slight tangent, if, you don't, if you'll indulge me a second. We're talking as well this morning about people uh, uh, losing their temper, getting a little bit angry. When was the last time you lost your temper? Oh, um... Having, uh, having a bit of a moan. Oh, we can, we can all moan. Yeah. Um, probably shout at my boss a, a few weeks before Christmas, something like that. Oh, blimey. Yeah, Dennis, we had a bit of a barney. What was... Yeah. The, what, what, you shouted at your boss. I used to do that back in the day until I realised that I was stopping getting jobs because of it. Uh, well, no, I mean, we've got a long-standing relationship, and, uh, you know, if occasionally, uh, 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 shall we say, a strongly worded conversation is required, then that's what happens. He's all right about it. Good for you, Dennis. Thank you very much indeed. Having a little moan. When was the last time you had a moan? I'm not really one for moaning. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. Peter's in Warmer Green. Morning, Peter. Good morning. Peter, what have you got? I'm uh, just from, uh, listening to you talking about the drains just now. Yep. And uh, if you've got continuous rain like this, the fields around here that they're pouring water off, they're pouring soil off from the, the fields. I can't see how they can stop the, the drains silting up, really, because there's so much of the mud and everything that comes down in the water stream some of the water's brown from the clay if you like on the field so so you're it's running down the drain and and it must silt up it must be silting up quite often it's a real old mess isn't it peter well it's continuous isn't it you can't you can't clear some i mean i've actually seen drains in the past where it's full to the brim with silt you can actually see it by the bars you know yeah and uh it, it, it's a continuous... When the rain's coming down like this, there is no chance you're going to keep it clear because, I mean, the the other day it was so heavy, they not only brought the sandy-type soil down, really, the very light stuff, but it brought stones down as well. So it was quite so heavy, the rain was, you know? Small stones. Have you heard this argument, Peter, this nonsense argument that Farage has come out with, the UKIP fella, saying we shouldn't be giving money to foreign aid... 
we should be giving it to um, the, the the people in Gloucester and the people in the southwest and us now. Well, well yeah, I mean, I can understand the thought. Uh, I can understand the thought when countries have got, if you like, uh, uh, space... Ships. Well, no, no they've got space programs and yeah. they've got... Like Star Trek. Uh, ...big armies. Yeah. I can understand not giving it to those sort of countries. But the thing is, they're not... It's a nonsense argument because the two aren't mutually exclusive. It's not we either give to uh, India or we give to the people of Gloucester. We can do both of them, can't we? Well, I think it's a divisive well, argument. Well, well, I mean, we've got our own problems, haven't we? <laughs> But would you, Peter, surely you, you are a common sense uh, gentleman, I've often thought. Uh, a starving child yeah. is more important than a farmer with a flooded field, isn't it? Yeah, but yeah, there is no, seems to be no system with, our, with the charity we give out. If you're giving out charity, for instance, we could quite easily give half our charity each year, save enough money, uh, and then pay it from the interest so that we don't keep paying every single year. Yeah? Mm. Makes sense? It, it, it almost does, Peter. Thank you very much indeed. This is nonsense argument that Farage came out with. Oh, blah, 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 blah. We shouldn't be given to foreign aid. We should be giving the money uh, to the people in the southwest. Well, now the people in the three counties who are affected by the flooding. Well... While I think we should be doing more for the people affected by the floods, I don't think the two... You, you, you can have both, can't you? We can give money to foreign aid, and we can help people in flooded areas. Why can we only do one or t'other? And be honest, a starving child is more important than someone in Somerset who's got three foot of water in the house. It's awful, it's horrible, I pray it never happens to me, and those people have my deepest, deepest sympathies. But, comparing the two, it's obvious which is the worst situation and needs more help, isn't it? 08459 455555. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Going between Harrow Weald and Clamp Hill, Brooks Hill is closed after an accident. On the speed sensors, looking quite slow now as well. Hartford Steer Shill affected by flooding. Royden Road is closed between the A414 and Stansted Abbots because of flooding. And the M1 southbound struggling between Junction 11 for Dunstable Road and 7 for Hemel Hempstead. And the M25 anti-clockwise is very slow from before Junction 21A for St Albans to 19 for Watford. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Alice. It's coming up to 7.16. It's Monday the 10th of February. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. More flood warnings have been issued with the River Thames at its highest level for more than two decades. The Hospice of St Francis in Berkhamsted says it must use, it may use, excuse me, private ambulances in future after it took the NHS five hours to pick up a patient. And residents of Ashwell in Hertfordshire are preparing a legal challenge to keep their church clock chiming at night. The weather today, cloudy at first this morning, but brightening up later, 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. On Inside Out for the East of England, a year after the horsemeat scandal, a Norfolk charity investigates the illegal export of live horses. It's not only a matter for equine welfare, it's also a huge problem for equine health. And as we'll see, because of the relation to the food trade, it's actually an issue for human health as well. 
Our reporter Helen McDermott finds hope for thousands of fellow sufferers of depression. Is it true that if you've had depression, you're always going to have depression? Absolutely not, no. And airships return to Bedfordshire. Is this the future of air travel? Inside Out for the East of England with me, David Whiteley. Tonight, 7.30 on BBC One. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning. You can give us a call about the floods if you want. You can give us a call about the nonsense argument that uh, Nigel Farage has put out saying we, we can't give... We should stop giving money to foreign aid and give it to the people in the southwest affected by the floods. Well, hang on a minute. Why are those two things... Why can we only do one or t'other? The foreign aid argument is, is a, a, a different argument. Not, not connected in the slightest. Why are we paying some heads of councils £200,000 a year salary? But th- that's kind of... Uh, it's plucking figures out of the air, aren't we? 08459 455 555. Now, a hospice in Hertfordshire says it's looking at uh, um, employing a private ambulance service because it can no longer rely on the NHS. The decision follows a case where a seriously ill woman with breathing difficulties had to wait more than five hours to be taken from her home in Hemel Hempstead to the hospice of St Francis in Berkhamsted. More Peter Blackman has served on the independent health watchdog for the East and joins me now. Morning, Peter. Good morning, Ian. Peter, the over a five-hour delay taking an elderly woman to a hospice. What's your reaction to that? Well, clearly that is completely unacceptable and the patient has obviously had to wait an inordinate amount of time uh, for something that was extremely urgent uh, and was um, something that, that, that shouldn't have happened. Um, that obviously is something that I gather that the ambulance service is investigating to see what was going on. How much pressure is the East of England Ambulance Service under? Well, the, the big question here, of course, is where, 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 where does... Whose, whose responsibility is what's going on? And um, one has to understand that uh, I'm, not, I'm not an apologist for the ambulance service, but the ambulance service is under a responsibility to get to 75% of 999 calls ah. uh, for people with immediately life-threatening conditions within eight minutes. Now, unfortunately, the call that you're talking about would not have been categorised as one of those. And therefore, every time an ambulance was just about ready to go and take this person uh, to, from their, their, wherever they were to, to the hospice, if somebody else phoned up with an immediately life-threatening call for something like a heart attack, a, a cardiac arrest, um, a situation where they were, they were in breathing difficulties, that sort of thing, then the ambulance would be diverted. And the target is 75%, which means that even people in that situation, 25% of them, won't get that immediate response. Now, those targets are set by the government, not by the Ambulance Trust. And the people who commission and pay the Ambulance Trust go along with those targets. Therefore, by the process of of reasoning, we know that 25% of people who are in an immediately life-threatening situation won't be getting an ambulance immediately either. Prioritising, of course, must be a a particularly difficult job to do. So what do we do? Do we we get rid of um, the, the targets or do we need more ambulances? 
quite interesting. I, I happen to also volunteer as a community first responder um, for the Ambulance Trust. Um, and uh, uh, on, on Saturday, I was on duty in my local town, which is uh, not far away. And in the space of two hours, I went to three calls of people who were having heart attacks or breathing difficulties, and they wanted me to go to a fourth one, and I couldn't because at the time I was catching the third person who was collapsing with a stroke. Uh, and that's the problem. The calls are very unpredictable. Mm. Now, um, it would cost £1 billion across the whole of the country to achieve that 75% target everywhere without fail, not just on an average basis. Now, I'm afraid that in the present economic situation, we don't have a billion pounds going spare. So when I'm in public, I tend to say, do we want a 70% target, which is achievable, or to find a billion pounds? And if so, where are we going to take it from? Because it's going to have to come from somewhere else within the NHS. So I think the answer is that we, we've, got, we've got to be realistic. My own view, which I've been saying to the ambulance service for some years, is that we want 100% of people who are in an immediately life-threatening situation to get the ambulance within the eight minutes. And the eight-minute target is set quite sensibly on the basis of medical research and evidence because that's the time that, that, that's critical for someone who is in, in an in arrest situation. Who um, makes so, it... unfortunately, we do still have to pay for things like air ambulance mm. and hospices out of our own pocket. And, unfortunately, it does mean that people will, who've, who've got a broken arm, a broken leg, that sort of thing, will have to wait longer. Who makes that difficult. call, Peter? Who's, who's, got the per- who's the person with the unenviable position of saying, no, you can't go and pick up this lady who needs to go to the hospice, you need to go to, to th- this call first. This is more important. Well, it's, it's, it's the control room, mm. who, who is a group of people, half of whom are taking calls and half of whom are dispatching. It's a very efficient system. Um, at the same time, as you ring in to the dispatch room um, and the person starts talking to you, the computer system's already got the dispatch person knowing the address and there's already uh, uh, an ambulance being ready to go to that place. And as soon as that call is identified encoded that is what happens and so there is a there there is an automatic prioritization based on the answers that people give to the questions that they're asked by the call taker to identify as quickly as possible whether or not this is a truly life-threatening situation. Peter, I really appreciate your time this morning. Peter Blackman, who has served on the independent health watchdog for the East. We've got a text uh, from Ola in Chesant. Uh, let the NHS ambulance concentrate and focus more on the elderly with serious health issues and children rather than those shameless drunkards who goes to the pub, get drunk, misbehave on the streets and showing the irresponsible follow that fellow there. I don't think such irresponsible people should call and waste the ambulance's time. 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the subject of flooding, it's Graham in Oxy. Morning, Graham. Hello. Graham, what have you got for me? Yeah, how are you? I'm surprised that I got through to you. Why are you surprised? Well, I 
<laughs> okay, uh, ten days ago, yeah. Yes. Ten de- ten days ago. Yes. I thought. Uh, <coughs> excuse my French. I was a representative of um, <coughs> a flood down in B and Q in Watford, Hertfordshire. Yes, yeah. you're in a, you were in B and Q and it flooded. Yeah, yeah, no, it didn't flood. It didn't flood, but basically, the, the, the waters lapped up to the door. Yes, actually, and they lapped up to the door of the uh, Wicks. Wicks. Now I know. The problem, right? I know I'm. I know I'm a bit. Mm. I want to tell you what happened. Please do. I want you to. Today there is possibly a sump pump. A sump pump. Sump pump. Sump pump. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what a sump pump is. Well, you you, you need to know. Please Look tell at, me. Your researchers now are wondering about this. What, maybe you could tell us, Graham. what is a sump pump? Well, I don't know. Oh. But, 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 but it was when they flooded, yeah? Yes. When they flooded ten years ago, they installed a sump pump. Ah, in Wicks? Well, around that area, I don't yep. know. Yeah, Around that area. Yeah. So they installed... The, the Watford Council... Yeah, installed a sump pump. We just don't know what a sump pump is, do we? No, but they've we installed don't. one. Okay. Well, but actually, it, it didn't work. Oh. Oh. Well, what was it supposed to do? It was. It was supposed to do when water levels came to an unnecessary level. Yes. Yeah, yes. It was meant to kick on the sump pump. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, however, oh. I, 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 I feel like I'm living this in real time. Ah, here we go. I've I've googled sump pump, Graham. A sump pump is a pump used to remove water that has accumulated in a water collecting sump basement. That's correct. Boom. We got it. That's correct. Wowzers. So can I tell you one other story? Another. Wow. Sure. Why not? Okay. To, oh, now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go on, then. Please, please do this. I, actually, uh, ten days ago, I, um, I, 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 I confront... Ten days ago, the firemen, yeah, two fire engines, right, were trying to pump out stuff. Pump out stuff? Yeah. From, from a sump pump? Yeah, yeah, they, they were trying to... Two days ago... Ten da- two days ago or ten days ago? Ten days ago. The firemen right. were pumping out stuff. Yeah, they were pumping them. out water. They've got too much time on their hands. And what they were doing, Mike, was pumping out it back into the river. And you know what they told me? No, I don't. We, we, we can switch on the sump pump now. Yes. Because it's broken, right? What? We can do it now. But yes. If we do it now... Yeah. We will flood. Oh, dear. That's the opposite of what you want a sump pump for, isn't it? Yeah, that's yeah. it. It's the opposite. What, what they're saying to me, uh, gorgeous man, I think you are a gorgeous man. Well, Graham, I, I, I am a gorgeous man, and not enough people realise that. Yeah, I'm beautiful, no. but However, lovely, lovely eyelashes. What they told me... Yes. 
ten days ago that <sighs> if they would switch on the pump... Some right, pump. It... Hello? Flood. It would flood the... It would flood the car park of, um... Wicks. Mercedes. Oh, Mercedes car park. Wowzers. Yeah, yeah. Gosh. That's what I said. Because yeah. it's uh, a, <clears throat> if it had, If it had kicked on right, yeah? Yes. We'd be okay, yeah? Yeah. But they... The, the, the sump pump... Not got a clue. Is... What's going on? The sump pump... Sump pump. I think I've got their second album somewhere. Too far Graham, I've got to move on. I'm doing a show, but I really appreciate your input on this. You don't understand, do you? Travel news for beds, hearts and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. There are queues on the M11 southbound after an accident which is now on the hard shoulder between Junction 9 for Saffron Walden and 8 for Stansted. The M25 anti-clockwise very slow between Junction 18 for Chorleywood and 16 for the M40. Going between Harrow Weald and Clamp Hill, Brooks Hill is closed after an accident. And on the speed sensors, the A5 southbound looking very slow around Markgate. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Half-past seven, I'm Lee Agnew. The headlines, water levels along the River Thames have reached their highest for more than 20 years. The Environment Agency has issued 14 severe flood warnings, indicating a risk to life. Meanwhile, it may be six months before some people in Puckeridge in Hertfordshire can return to their homes. That follows flooding on Friday. The Hospice of St Francis in Berkhamsted says it may use private ambulances in the future. It follows an incident in which a woman was left waiting five hours for an ambulance to pick her up. Residents of Ashwell in Hertfordshire are preparing a legal challenge to keep their church bells chiming at night. It follows complaints from other people in the village who live near St Mary's. And the weather will be cloudy with showers this morning but sunny spells this afternoon. Top temperatures around 8 degrees Celsius, 46 degrees Fahrenheit. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Football first and there was more misery for David Moyes as Manchester United conceded a 95th minute equaliser to draw two all with bottom of the table Fulham. United manager admits that things aren't going well. It's been a bit like that this season so far but uh, today was probably as bad as it gets. I've got to say we completely dominated the game and you know it, being 1-0 down was bad enough albeit we could have been two at one point but I mean the amount of attempts and chances and the play we had was... How we didn't win the game comfortably, we have no idea. The Milton Keynes Don striker Isel McLeod says he still has plenty to offer the club. McLeod has been out of favour for most of the season but played on Saturday and scored two in the 3-0 win at Walsall. I don't think I'd, uh, I'd be a professional footballer if you haven't got mental strength. It's a big, big part of being a professional athlete in whatever sport you play. Um, you're going to have knockbacks, you're going to have obviously setbacks, so you just got to keep strong, believe in your own ability which I do, and believe when a chance comes along, I can, uh, I can take it. 
The England and Wales Cricket Board says Kevin Peterson's international career has ended because Captain Alistair Cook needs full support of all players. He's not in the squad for the Tour of the Caribbean and the ICC World 2020. Snowboarder Jenny Jones has won Team GB's first ever Olympic medal on snow. A great second run in the slope-style event put her in gold medal position at one stage before she slipped down the scoreboard to eventually claim bronze. It feels amazing. Absolutely amazing. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. <laughs> I, I just can't believe it. I think I was just waiting, you know, because I knew I was going to drop down and drop down and I just didn't know how far. And then, yeah, to be in... Oh, my God. I, I'm just so happy right now. <laughs> Finally, in rugby, France have moved into second in the Six Nations table behind Ireland after an emphatic 30-10 victory over Italy. That's BBC Three Counties News and Sport with more at 8 o'clock. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Moaning. We all like a good moan, don't we? What's the story, Catherine? I wasn't really paying attention when you told me earlier. 1.2 seconds, someone moans to a a moaning hotline across the UK somewhere. Well, it's not a moaning hotline. Customer services. Customer services. We've had a moaning email, haven't we? We've had a few. Have we? Mm. Why don't I see them? Well, this one I am seeing uh, from H. So, where were you on Friday morning? As I thought, this is directed at us. No, you. Oh, so well, by default, it's you then. No, mostly you. So you. So where were you on Friday morning? As I tried to navigate the floods by road. Well, that doesn't make sense. The fl- navigate the floods by road. If there's one thing that local radio should be good at, it's the vital service of reporting early morning traffic conditions. Frankly, you could forget all the blather, prattle and twatter of the rest of the show and give us, ac- and give us accurate information about travelling in the locale. That way you could save on vacuous presenters' salaries and give us a real service. Yours, not so amused, H. Who didn't call us on Friday morning to well, tell us he was having problems. And also, uh, H. Or she. It'll be a bloke. If you were listening, uh, H, you would have heard that actually we did get quite a few calls from people telling us where there have been some accidents because of the the, the river, the, the flooding. We had we, we gave as much information as we could. Lower the road, we spoke to a man who was sitting in a standstill traffic. Exactly. So, so unfair. Sorry you feel slightly slighted by that. Uh, but this morning, to try and... Uh, we've, we've, we've not got the biggest team here in the world, so we can't... We haven't got a flying no, eye. we do answer the phone, so if you want to ring us... 08459 Did BBC Three Counties Radio ever have a flying eye? Nah. Oh. I think we sent up someone up to the roof once. That'll do. That'll do. Well, we've um, sent our uh, roving... Oh, she's here. We've sent our roving reporter, Kelly Betts, out to talk to people about uh, moaning. You like a good moan, don't you? No. What did people on the street have to say? Um, well, lots of interesting things. Well, thanks very much for coming. What are you doing? In the- oh, should we play it? Yes. You're right, what happened? Yeah, well, I'd written a really good cue for you to read. But oh, is there, gonna oh is there a cue? All right, yeah. let's, let's have a look. I didn't realise. It's all right. Hang on a minute. Um, 7.35, moaning fox. It's a really good cue. I like your hair like that. A bit fluffy. Britons complain every 1.2 seconds. I'm complaining because Justin Dealey isn't here and in his place they've given me Kelly Betts. The one job I've given her this morning is to go out onto the streets of the three counties and find out when people last moaned and why. Is that is where's the good cue that I was supposed to? Mm, that was. That was it. Mm. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Should we have a listen? 
Yeah, just press play. That was rubbish. Hi, mate. Um, when was the last time you moaned? Just have so much to take to the streets. I don't really moan, mate. You don't moan? No. Okay. Uh, if I um, threw this at you, would you moan? Thanks, mate. Just, um, Cass? Just a quick question. What, um, when was the last time you moaned? <laughs> Yesterday. What was it about? Um, it was about a refund I hadn't had. Moaned to one company, the one that owed me the refund, only to find out that PayPal had been holding on to my refund. What? So they thought I was dodgy because they thought I must have known it, and clearly I didn't. But I did feel a bit sheepish, even though I don't think I was wrong. It's a good moan. on the streets and in the kitchen what was the last thing you moaned about and when was it um i moaned this morning about how tired i am oh, oh. was it a tough weekend very tough oh, you know just mad mad well, you tough. look bright-eyed and bushy-tailed thanks, oh, thanks hi lee on news i'm hi. just asking people what they've uh, the last thing they moaned about was um, lack of coffee in the kitchen. Is that a hint? No, it was just seems to be stolen. Oh yeah, that was me, but I found it and put it back. Thank you very much. Thanks. Hi, Clary and Leighton Buzzard. What was the last thing that you moaned about? Oh, hi, Kelly. Uh, nice to see you again, as always. You're looking lovely this morning. Um, the last thing I moaned about was the weather. Just that it's quite a bit cold on my on my um, hands. Other things that I moaned about was um, the fact. Uh, you know about my job um it's not really going where i thought it would go i kind of thought that i'd be um working somewhere better by now and i'm sort of not i'm just still here after all these years other things i moaned about is that my co-workers um can be a bit mean to me sometimes um and it's just a bit upsetting. Other things that I've moaned about, some people on the street don't always smile and it upsets me. Other things that I moaned about are smokers. Don't, I don't really like uh, smokers when they flick cigarette butts on the floor, glittering. Other things that I moaned about, chewing gum. I don't like it when people stick chewing gum in places that chewing gum shouldn't be. Just put it in tissue and put it in the bin. Right. She, she hasn't finished. No, she, trust me, she has. Mm. You didn't even go... First of all, Clary's a caller. What's she doing in the building? She just came in to see how we were getting right. on. Secondly, mm. you didn't go outside once to talk to anyone outside. You can't just go around voxing Lee Agnew and Danny from the JVS show. Just a quick question. Have you been out in Luton when it's dark before? Technically, no. Have you approached a stranger when it's dark in Luton before? I'll go and, I'll go and approach a stranger. Let's do it together. No, I'm doing oh, this. Catherine, are. why aren't you... I've got an idea. <clears throat> Tomorrow morning, half past five, me and you on the streets together. Whoa, 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 whoa. Asking a question. Uh, Hi, Kath. kind of need him in there. Yeah. No, this is at half past five when he's not... He doesn't do anything at half past I five. I make the coughs for everyone at half exactly. past five. Exactly, very useful. Mm, OK, then. Is she, are you not furious about what just happened, Catherine? Not really furious. What? Oh, I'm, I'm mostly unsurprised. 
<laughs> I'm very disappointed. Is Are it you? Sort of, how long was Justin away for? Four more long days. <sighs> Sorry. What are you going to do for the rest of the show? What would you like me to do? There's other people in now. Jonathan's come in, no. Tim, <clears throat> Barry, I could ask no. them. I want yeah. you to go out on the streets of Luton and talk to people, please. Okay, I will. About what? That thing that you didn't ask anyone about just now? Go and do Moaning the pro- again? Go and do the proper... Oh, nobody even cares. Go and do the proper report. What, on moaning? Yes. But no one cares. Well, no one you spoke to, which was mostly yourself. Clary <laughs> right. is not me. We're totally different people. Right. We yeah. just I'm have gonna, similar right. views. Just stop talking. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Boing, boing, boing. Leslie in Watford. Ian, why don't you ask the Indian or African or Chinese or Pakistani government why it chooses not to spend its money on starving kiddies? Well, that's a different issue. The, the, um, whether we should be giving foreign aid or not is a different issue. OK, the, the question that Farage has, has, has brought into the arena is that we should stop foreign aid specifically to give that money to the people who have been affected by the floods. Why do you have to stop the foreign aid to do that? Why is it e- foreign aid or the flooding victims in this country? Why do we have to differentiate between the two? There is a whole question about whether giving money to India, who have a nuclear plan, nuclear uh, uh, programme, uh, and a huge army, whether we should be giving money to them. But I'm saying we shouldn't be stopping giving money to foreign aid simply because of the flooding. And also, if you do boil it down, who would you rather help? Okay, a starving child, a starving child, or sorry, a little bit windy pops there. It's ironic. A starving child, or you know, a family that have got two foot of water in their house, which is the most important. And if you're a human being, you'd have to say the starving child, wouldn't you? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Benjamin on Facebook says, "Where I live in Buckingham, our, report, uh, our, our apartment blocks are within the River Ouse, but don't understand how we didn't get flooded when the child's play area on the other side of the river did." Uh, my daughter's school, Brooker Park in Aylesbury, was shut Friday due to flooding. Not sure if it's still closed today. Well, if anybody knows, oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Uh, is the telephone number. Yes, Catherine. And we will put school closures out as soon as we're made aware of them. Man alive, won't we just... Won't we just do that? Yeah, it's part of our job. And we'll do it. But if you know something we don't, you need to tell us about it. 08459 Call me truth. now. That's the truth. Really tired today. I noticed. Really tired. I'm, I'm struggling on the reading, the speaking, the presenting... You're managing the moaning, though. I like it. I'm, I'm keeping, I'm keeping the moaning real. I do like a good moan. There's something about having a good moan. How was your day at work? Oh dear, Catherine got right on my nerves. Louisa muffed up the way, and then Kelly Betts's report was rubbish. That will be my afternoon. I think you do need to let it out. Sorry. You're moaning. Good moan. Yeah, it's, good. it's good. It's, it's healthy for you. Um, sometimes I moan so much inside my own head that I annoy myself. Some people don't moan. America, they're, not, no, they're not normal. Americans and Christians. You're saying Americans and Christians aren't normal? I'm saying it's not normal not to moan. Americans know how to moan with style, no. with panache. Some Americans don't. Down south they don't moan. I don't think I've ever met a moaning American. You're thinking of really? a girl... You're thinking New York. The, I mean, have you never seen those things? I don't want it here, I want it on the side, I don't... If it's on the side... You're, you've seen too many Sex in the City. That's not a documentary series. It's not uh, a fly-on-the-wall documentary of four... You'll find it is. ...potty-mouthed women... 
Uh, they don't moan. Uh, Christians don't moan. They don't, and I mean that seriously. They, they don't really. Listen, C of E Christians don't. Uh, no. Because it's going to be all right. They're going to go to heaven. They're very down to earth people and kind of accepting of what's going on. I wish I had that. I wish I had that acceptance. Uh, serenity. Serenity, that's the word. That's the word. 08459 455 555. When was the last time you had a blooming good moan? And who was it to? And the flooding, if you've been affected, if you've seen any roads, any fields, any schools that have been affected by the flooding, give us a call. 08459 455 555. And if you've got a moan brewing and you haven't done it yet... Ring us. Let it out. If, you, if you've got one brewing, phone us up. You can let it out live on the air. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M11 southbound, there are queues after an earlier accident between Junction 9 for Saffron Walden and 8 for Stansted. The M25 anti-clockwise very slow between Junction 21A for St Albans and 16 for the M40. On the M40 itself, northbound is slow going from the Denham roundabout to the M25. And going between Hornsmill and Essendon, the B158 is closed because of flooding. In St Albans, there are queues on all approaches to the roundabout at Hatfield Road. And on public transport, there's no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. You certainly are, Alice. We wouldn't have it any other way. It's coming up to 7.46. It's Monday the 10th of February. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. More flood warnings have been issued, with the River Thames at its highest level for more than two decades. The Hospice of St Francis in Berkhamsted says it may use private ambulances in future after it took the NHS five hours to pick up a patient. And residents of Ashwell in Hertfordshire say they'll go to court to keep their church clock chiming at night time. 08459 455 555. Let's get the weather now. Here's Georgina. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. Mostly cloudy today, although there are some showery outbreaks of patchy light rain around. That clears to the east and hopefully we'll get some glimpses of sunshine later on, but also lighter winds. It's going to be quite a chilly start to the day and the Met Office have a yellow warning in place for ice. This is just for Bedfordshire until 10 o'clock this morning, so do be careful if you're out on the roads or indeed walking on untreated surfaces. Uh, this afternoon, though, temperatures should reach 7 or 8 degrees Celsius. Now, tonight, it starts off fairly calm with some clear spells and during that time, Time. Temperatures are really going to plummet, um, so quite chilly, but then it starts to cloud over ahead of tomorrow's rain and the winds increase as well. So temperatures really dipping down to freezing in some parts tonight. Uh, so tomorrow we've got this heavy band of rain moving eastwards. It's going to be quite squally, windy with rain, uh, windy with the rain, west and northwesterly winds. And it's going to leave some showers behind it as well, with temperatures reaching 7 or 8 degrees Celsius. And Wednesday, during the day, not too bad. We've got uh, probably just the odd shower here and there, but come the evening um, into Thursday, it's going to be very wet again. The Met Office have got a yellow warning in place for tonight, from midnight tonight until midnight tomorrow night, and again on um, Wednesday as well into Thursday. So some very wet and windy weather to come this week. 
every weekday morning from nine, the JVS Show. Well, whose fault is it that there are so many fat people in this country? It's a horrible word. Jonathan Vernon-Smith. But why do you want to kind of tiptoe around the issue? People are people. People aren't fat just because they're big. Tackling your consumer problems. Over the last few months, I've been palmed off every few days. There are some absolute rogues out there in the car industry. Tim, I'm going to send uh, Wayne in to you. Let's get some detail and we'll get this sorted out. The JBS Show, weekdays from 9, BBC Three Counties Radio. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Hey, cop a load of these. Oh. Beautiful, beautiful. Love it. Ding dong, ding dong. I know the tune and the words. Now, if you live in one Hertfordshire village, you'll recognise the peal. It's the bells at Ashwell Church. First talked about them in August last year, after some residents complained about them ringing through the night. Well then, in December, their complaints were upheld, and Ashwell Parish Church decided the bells would stop between 10pm and 6am. But a legal challenge now looks set to be launched against that decision. This is what some of those in favour of the bells had to say last year. The bells have been ringing since 1898. There's lots of people in the village that find comfort from the bells. They've been, they've been here for countless years. Everybody that I speak to seems to be for these bells and they find it part of village life. And I can't see why we need to have them toned down. Most people that I speak to that's, that live near the church, my mother included, uh, doesn't have any issues sleeping. After a week or so, you get, just get used to it and you sleep through the evening. I think they're nice. I think they're part of village life. And um, if you move to a village, that is what you expect. If you want to move into the country, move into the country. Go, go miles from anywhere. If you move next to a church, wouldn't you imagine there's a bell there that's going to be rung at some time? Well, we can speak to uh, Ashwell resident Chris Pack, who's leading the Save the Chimes campaign. Chris, when the bells at St Mary's got um, deactivated overnight, what, what were your feelings? They haven't, they haven't been deactivated. Oh, it's not happened yet. yet. Okay. Um, what's happened is obviously we've been we've been pressuring the parish the parish council to um, to if there was a, a if they were silenced that we wanted an appeal. And so far, they haven't been very forthcoming with that. Um, but following a council meeting we had on Wednesday, um, it looks set that they're going to um, seek legal advice um, to overturn any decision that would turn those bells off. This is all going to cost money, isn't it? The, the reason the bells haven't stopped yet is because they need to raise money, raise money for a timer. Yeah, they do. Uh, and also, if you do take them to court, that's going to cost you money. Where's that money going to come from? We're going to be raising our own uh, money. The Parish Council are looking into a pro bono... Um, uh, looking at pro bono for for getting solicitors involved that way. So what we've decided to do, I've called upon the parish council and informed them that at the March parish meeting, uh, we will be demanding a referendum. And if we get 15 people that ask for that referendum, then they have to hold one. So we'll be asking for a referendum. That costs money, but we're actively seeking for donations. Uh, We did set up a... We've set up a... Um, a donation account online um, and as soon as that was set up it was so inundated with donations that they sort of closed it for a while oh. until we can get a proper bank account sorted out. How much you got so far then? Um, well, in the first in the first 
two minutes of it opening, I think we had £150 went straight in. Wow. Um, so we're, we've got a, a team of people in the background now working on getting a bank account all sorted and linked to that. Uh, and I'll be able to update you further on the, the address that people can go on and donate if, to. Well, if there's a referendum, is that legally binding? Yes, it, it's not legally binding, but it captures the information from the village legally. Because at the moment there's petitions going round and there's hearsay that people don't give a shit about well, themselves, to be honest. Chris, 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 well, what's your language? We've got young sorry, ears mate. this morning. I've just got to do a little apology for anyone sorry, out there. Sorry, sorry. I didn't, I, well, listen, when I, we were doing a story about church bells, I didn't have yeah. to be telling you off a potty language. <laughs> Apologies if you've got young ears sorry. in the car. Yeah. Go, go on. But, but that, it's, been, it's, been, it's been muted in the village that people don't care about the bells ringing. Now, I know that to be untrue. So what we want to do is if we have a referendum that asks people do they wish the bells to remain as they are and that that referendum is is you know overwhelming then we have the support there and that's captured legally because obviously there people are saying a petition uh, is not is not legally is is not is not legal is this dividing the village chris uh, it, not, not really, no, because there's only we only know of three people complaining, oh. um, of which they say there's 14 people complaining. The other people haven't come forward. So as far as we're concerned, um, it's not dividing the village. It's probably doing the, the adverse thing. It's, it's uniting the village that want to want it to remain exactly as it is. Would it make such a difference, though, Chris? Would it be such a hardship to turn the bells off between 10 and 6 at night? It, it's it, it, that that's that's not for me to comment. But all all we're actually fighting against. But you can give us history. your opinion. This is history. It's not about it's not about this history. Well, so it is. A, well, it, it is about the bells being turned off between ten and six because you're not happy with that. Why would that be such a hardship for you? It's for, for me. Uh, there's people that that are quite close to me, my my mother included, who lives near the church, and she finds it very comforting. So you want to keep them on because they comfort your mum? And is... people around the, around the area yeah. of the church. Listen, oh, listen, I'm on your side. I, yeah. I think it's a great thing. I think it's a cracking thing. I, I think we should preserve things like this. I was just wondering why it would, it would be such a hardship if they did get switched off. It's, 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 it's history. That's, it's as yeah. simple as that. It's history. You know, why, why change these? If they go off, what's next? What's next? Are people going to, you know, people complain about, you know, different things in the village and, and why should that change? And the worry is that if it happens here, the, the, the fallout of that throughout Hertfordshire could be immense and we could end up with every church in Hertfordshire with their bell silenced. Chris, I just think it's wrong. Thank you very much. Chris Pack, leader of the Save the Chimes campaign. Again, apologies if anybody was offended by the Category B that was dropped there. You would have thought with a church story you'd be safe on the language. Au contraire. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the subject of flooding and foreign aid, it's Ken in Luton. Morning, Ken. Morning, Ian. What you got for me, boss? It's not the fact that we give it away to someone who doesn't use it for the purpose it was meant for. Is it? The foreign aid? Yeah. How do we know it's not being used for the purpose it was meant for? Well, because we've seen so many programmes on, uh, like, a, a village that was paying for... We were paying for a teacher for two years that they'd never seen one. What, what programme was that? Uh, dispatches. OK, so that's... That's that was a, a while back. And that was being... What was that being uh, paid from? Was that being paid specifically from foreign aid, or was it from charity, or what was it from? From a... A charity. That okay, but so that's different to the foreign aid, isn't it? Because yeah, but we don't check up to see where that money goes, do we? Well, I don't, Ken, and I'm sure neither do you. But I would imagine that some people do. Yeah, but you can imagine 
all you want, Ian, but you know as well as I do that corruption throughout India and China and all these places, China is the fastest growing economy in the world and we're sending £300 million to them. Mm. I mean, if you see a beggar in the street and he asks you for a couple of quid, you know it's going to go in the next off-licence, don't you? No. Oh, you do? No, you don't, Ken. That's, no, I think that's yeah. a little. I think that's a little bit dismissive of uh, our, our Br- great British homeless to, to, to suggest that well, it's going to go on a booze. That analogy, but as well, I think it's no. I think me, I'd rather buy him a meal. Yeah, we'll do that. But I think it's a little bit unfair. I'm sure. I'm sure there are some homeless people. If you give them uh, money, it will go on drugs or alcohol. I'm also sure there are a significant number who will use it to try and get a bed for the night or buy some food. Oh yes, but you see, what I'm saying, uh, Ian, is yes. like. If you go up in London, there's beggars there. They do it as a business. That's their their uh, job. Yeah, but it's not. It, there are a f- this tiny, tiny minority. You have to be but careful who you give money to, Ian. You're com- hang on. You're comparing a, a homeless person in London to China. Yeah, but what I'm saying what? is, if 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 I give someone money, yes, I like to know where it's going. I don't pay someone. Uh, uh, give money to someone where I don't know where it's going to go. Do you? If you give money away willy-nilly and you become broke, you won't be able to help no one. But we ha- don't we have to trust that the government knows what it's doing with the money? What? What government was that? Our government. When they give it to people, they will follow it uh, as best as they can. And if in some way, Ken, we are helping a starving Indian child... I... I appreciate that fact. I'll give anything to anyone if they need it. I will be there. But not a homeless person in London? No, because I know that it's got a good chance. Okay. You'll you'll give anything to anyone if they need it, but not a homeless person in London? I'll buy them a meal or anything. Okay. What's more important, Ken? A child starving in India or a, a family with three foot of water in their living room? Right. Let me put this in context. What you're asking is... If you're in two foot of water, yes. it's happening to you. It's yeah. like toothache. Someone's got toothache. Right. Well, okay, what's more important, toothache or a starving child? More important than someone on a life machine in, in the hospital. No, it's, the toothache is not more important than someone on a life no, machine in hospital, it's no. it's not happening to you, Ian. No. That's what I'm trying to stress. If someone's got toothache... Yes. ...and they go round to a person that's got, like, cancer... Yes. ...to them... It's more important than the bloke that's got cancer. Because well, I, I, would suggest, I would suggest, Ken, and we have to end it because we're running out of time, I would suggest if, if someone had toothache and they saw someone with cancer and thought, oh, my toothache's more important, I would suggest they're slightly uh, harsh and cold. Ken, thank you very much indeed. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 northbound, there's a lane blocked on the exit slip road at Junction 15 for Northampton because of vehicles broken down. And the M25 anti-clockwise very slow between Junction 21A for St Albans and 16 for the M40. Between Harrowweald and Clamp Hill, Brooks Hill is closed after an accident. And in Watford, Bushy Hall Road is closed at Bushy Grove Road because of flooding. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Gross at BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much indeed. 08459 four double five five double five. I'm guess, uh, guessing beds, hearts and boxes completely dry. No one's phoned in with a flood update. Here's the news with Lee. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. 
8 o'clock, I'm Lee Agnew. The headlines, thousands of homes under threat as river levels rise on the Thames. More concern about ambulance response times in Hertfordshire and a new law to ban smoking in cars with children could be passed today. BBC Three Counties Radio. Record water levels have been recorded along parts of the River Thames where the military has been called in to help build flood defences. The Environment Agency has issued 14 severe flood warnings with thousands of homes at risk. Inspector Mark Rivid from Thames Valley Police says they're trying to deal with the situation. In the Datchet area, um, in the, sort of the last half an hour, we've had to put some road closures in because of, of um, rising surface water. In the Maidenhead area, we've got some disruption on the, on the railway lines. Network Rail are working with um, the Environment Agency to try and um, monitor the situation with the water rising on the railway line. Meanwhile, it may be six months before some people in Puckeridge can return to their houses. Chris Woodward's home was flooded on Friday and he says there's extensive damage. Well, downstairs, everything below the level of about two feet. Um, it looks like we're going to have to have new kitchen, new kitchen floors, um, I mean, just basically everything. A hospice in Berkhamsted is considering using private ambulances because it can no longer rely on the NHS. An elderly woman was left waiting five hours for an ambulance to take her from her home to the Hospice of St Francis. Medical Director Dr Sharon Chadwick says they don't want to spend the money they've raised on ambulances, but they may have no choice. I just think that, that resources generally are extremely stretched. I can't blame East of England. It's, you know They are doing the best they can with the resources they have. Um, I think that there is a huge issue with the way that we're funding the NHS at the moment. MPs will vote today on a new law to ban smoking in cars carrying children. Health campaigners support the change, but the pro-smoking group Forest says it's an unnecessary intrusion into people's lives. Parents are divided on the issue. I think if there's children involved, then I think that you shouldn't be allowed to smoke anyway. It's too confined, really. Um, They don't get the choice, do they? I don't think necessarily it should be brought into law. I think we're becoming more of a nanny state, to be honest. Residents of Ashwell in Hertfordshire are preparing a legal challenge to keep their church bells chiming at night time. It follows complaints from other people in the village who live near St Mary's. In sport, Manchester United were denied victory after bottom club Fulham scored a dramatic injury time equaliser to earn a point at Old Trafford in the Premier League. And at the Winter Olympics, Jenny Jones made history as she claimed Britain's first ever Olympic medal on the snow with a bronze in the slope-style snowboarding. The weather for beds, hearts and bucks will be cloudy this morning with outbreaks of rain but sunny spells this afternoon. Top temperatures around 8 degrees Celsius that's 46 degrees Fahrenheit. Get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Lots to talk about this morning. Primarily floods and church bells. If you live near a church, do you want those irritating darned bells switched off? Or do you think they are a wonderful part of British life? 08459 455 555. And we've been watching the weather all weekend. It's been pretty rotten and it could get worse. Have you been affected by the floods over the weekend? Facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. You can uh, give me a call 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. 
on the subject of them church bells. It's Yvonne in Cranfield. Morning, Yvonne. Good morning. What would you like to say? Right. I think somebody needs to differentiate church bells and clock chimes. Oh. This is, well, partly the problem. Everybody says church bells go all night. No, they don't. There is nobody there to ring them. The clock chimes, and it's an automated mechanism. And yes, it does chime, fair enough. But it is a different system. Can I also make the point that the clock on the church tower may not belong to the church. It might belong to the parish council. I live in Cranfield. We've been there, done that, got the T-shirt. Oh. So you differentiate between church bells and clock chimes. But they're still bells from a church, aren't they? They're still bells within a church. No, they're chimes. They're not bells. what's, What's a chime? A chime is a thing that comes out of a clock. You might have a chiming clock in your house. I don't. Because I don't like a ticking clock. You don't like the tick-tock of a big clock? Yeah. Oh, I love a tick-tock of a big clock. No, no. (laughs) Reminds me of the passing of time. Oh, well, listen, it's happening. It's happening to us. But but it it sounds... But hang on a second. So you're telling me this... Right, hang on a second. Let me just get this. You're telling me this... That sounds like a bell to me. It does. Ding dong, ding dong. Yep. It sounds like a bell. It does indeed. It sounds ah, like Big Ben. Ah, ah. But that isn't mm. the church What's on it? which uh, the clock mm. is based. Sorry? Are you with me? What? Are you with me? No. Well, if... For instance, a village wants to petition against the clock chiming during the night. Yes. They should not put out a petition that says that they are against the church bells. But they're not. They're against the clock. Exactly. Yes. So that uh, is exactly what they ought to say. Okay, thank you very much indeed. We're we're kind of dwelling in... I understand your point, Yvonne, thank you. I think we're kind of dwelling slightly in the world of pedantics. It sounds like a bell, it's coming from a church, church bells. I know it's not the uh, glorious pealing of bells you get uh, when someone gets married or on a Sunday, but okay, Yvonne. Point taken, registered, thank you very much indeed. Uh, 08459 455555 uh, Very quickly Ian, you are talking rubbish Nigel Farage is making the point We should not be funding countries with space programmes Or nuclear power You are splitting hairs Suffering children are more important than floods but Yes, but stop splitting hairs Remember for whom the bell tolls Great film, Jane Thank you very much indeed um, Right Homes and businesses uh, We've been hearing all weekend across the three counties Affected by flooding Are preparing for more misery to come After a brief respite in the weather yesterday, forecasters are expecting another week of heavy rain, swelling rivers and canals. Let's speak to David McKnight, who is a person for the Environment Agency in the South East. Good morning, David. Good morning, hi. There is a medium flood risk warning in place for Buckinghamshire. What does that mean in English? 
Medium, or is that a flood warning? A medium flood risk warning. Okay, well, I can tell you a flood warning is um, a, a standard of warning which basically says flooding is expected and you need to take immediate action when required. Now, that obviously is in force for some areas, many areas actually, of the southeast at the moment, um, and we have elevated that to serious flood warning in, in some locations because we are very concerned about danger to life. Uh, a flood warning, as we're talking about in, in, in this area, really means residents' communities need to take stock of their immediate flood risk and have a plan and ready to, ready to instigate that plan. Which, which uh, places are most at risk, David? Well, where, where isn't is probably a better oh, uh, question at the moment. We, 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 we're urging communities to be prepared pretty much across the whole of southeast at the moment. Um, most rivers, most rivers and streams now, adjacent land is either flooding or at risk of flooding. Um, we're working incredibly hard to monitor the situation, which is changing rapidly, um, and it has done overnight. Um, we're updating our flood warnings and severe flood warnings in, in some cases very frequently. The best advice I can give your listeners out there if they are concerned about flooding is to call our, uh, our number, which is um, 0845 um, If you go to our website, there's some very useful information about, firstly, am I at risk of flooding? And that's one of the important things to note on the outset. Um, two, what can I do? So what do I need to do in terms of preparing my property for flooding and minimising the risk to that property? Um, and if we can't minimise the risk to that property, how can we minimise the impact of flooding on that property? And that's some very good information there about that. And then there's also the flood warnings that are enforced in that area. So please use that if you, if you need to. The Environment Agency is coming for a bit of stick, hasn't it, over the last few weeks because of its handling of flooding in general. Do, do you think things could have been handled better? I think at the moment we are very, very focused uh, on responding to a very big, widespread, long-duration flood event now. We've been dealing with this since before Christmas, uh, on and off, yes. Um, January was exceptional in terms of the rainfall, and now we're, we're heading back into similar events that we witnessed in January and in, in previous flood events in uh, the 2000 as well. So we're, we're very much focused on working with communities, warning communities, and out on the ground, um, our operatives are working very hard to keep the water moving and protecting communities and investigating our, our flood defences to uh, keep them working. So, yeah, very much focused on the flood event yep. at the moment. Could, could things have been handled better? It's not for me to comment at the moment. We, we go through a process after the flooding to look at what happened. It's a bit late then, okay. isn't it? Well, we, we're, at the moment, the focus has to be on responding to flooding. Um, because but, of the duration of the flooding, we've been working extremely hard. But there, are, there are lots of people, as I'm sure you know, David, who, who, who think that you, you haven't been focusing on the flooding and the people affected by it. Do, do you think it could have been handled better? Well, I think that's for others to say at the moment. We're, we on the ground are working extremely hard to try and minimise the impacts of flooding. You're, on a, you're a spokesperson for the Environment Agency, so I just wondered if you thought things could have been handled better. Well, it's not for me to say. I'm, I'm incredibly focused on doing the job at the moment. Um, okay. I've been in Datchet last night with our operations teams. Um, we, no, no, a number of us who are spokespeople are, are working on the operations side as well. Um, we, we are incredibly focused. As, as, you, as you said, you're incredibly focused. Just, just finally, as a spokesperson, you can't say whether things could have been handled better or not. It's not, for, it's not for me to say at the moment. OK, David, not for the spokesperson uh, to say. Um, Gavin Shuker is the MP for Luton South, a former Labour shadow minister for flooding. Good morning, Gavin. Good morning, how are you? Yeah, I'm fine, thank you. Do, what do you think about the way the Environment Agency have handled this? 
Yeah, I think it's clear that um, they'll have to learn lessons from how they have handled it. And you can never, when you're working in these situations, uh, rule out the possibility they could have done better. I do have to say, though, it's been an incredible effort against the Environment Agency in the press in the last uh, few weeks. And my experience of the EA was always that they were incredibly professional uh, and incredibly hardworking. But doing that against the backdrop of losing about half their budget has clearly had some kind of impact. Do you think, well, I, I guess I think I know the answer to this now, but do you think in the past we have taken the issue of flooding in this country seriously enough? Uh, no, not seriously enough at all. So in 2007, when we last had really widespread uh, floods, we commissioned a guy called Pitt to go out and do a review of the UK's resilience to floods. And he, he came back and basically said, look, climate change is, is probably going to be the biggest uh, threat that we're going to face as a country over the next 30 to 60 years. The biggest expression of that is going to be flooding. That's the big thing we've got to prepare for. And he recommended that you increase the amount of money going to flood defences um, over the next 30 to 60 years. And we actually secured a cross-party deal back in 2007 to do that. Now, this government have come in and have reneged on that deal. And my concern is that, in a sense, kind of taking a chance on it, has proved exactly the point that Pitt was making, that these one-in-a-hundred-year events are happening more and more regularly. And if we don't shift our mindset and actually increase the amount of spend we're putting there and flood resilience for properties as well, we're going to find ourselves on the receiving end of an extremely difficult situation. Gavin, do we not just have to accept that weather conditions are changing, it's the evolution of the planet, and that some places are going to start flooding a bit more? Yeah, we do. We do, uh, is the honest answer. And that's going to require, actually, action from us and not just from government. So if you think about a property that's been flooded a couple of times in the last few years, you know, your insurer will come back in and they'll put back exactly as it was. Well, we need to make a mindset shift, right? There are ways in which, even if you are flooded, you can get back up on your feet much faster if you do repairs. You know, things like moving the sockets from the bottom of the wall up to the middle of the wall. Um, being able to uh, put in vents so that you can uh, get water out of your property quickly. So there's things that we need to do on the household level, but at the same time, that won't substitute for proper action. You know, um, the chief scientific officer of the government back in 2004 said, if you look at all the threats facing us, um, flooding is up there with terrorism as a risk to life and limb, and yet we don't treat it with the importance that it deserves. So there has to be a mindset shift amongst politicians and the environment agency and otherwise. Gavin, always good to talk to you. Thank you very much. Hopefully we can talk about something a little bit more uh, jolly next time. Gavin Shuker, MP for Luton South, uh, 08459 455555. Uh, some texts here. Uh, June in Luton. Ian, I'm an avid giver to save the children, but where has the help been when we need it? If our people were crawling around starving, who would help us? Uh, I would suggest probably America and the rest of Europe. My father went to school barefooted after World War II. Who helped him and the rest of the family? Nobody. June and Luton. Well, the, no, nobody, June, because the whole country, the whole world was pretty much bankrupt after World War II. Nobody had anything after World War II. 08459 555555. Travel news for beds, hearts, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
the M1 southbound, slow going between Junction 11 for Dunstable Road and 7 for Hemel Hempstead. The M25 anti-clockwise still really struggling between Junction 21A for St Albans and 16 for the M40. The A1M southbound, very slow around Junction 7 for Stevenage. And in St Neots, the A428 eastbound, heavy going between the A1 and Ermine Street South. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. It's 8.16. It's uh, Monday the 10th of February. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Homes are being flooded along the banks of the River Thames with water levels at their highest for more than 20 years. The Hospice of St Francis in Berkhamsted says it may use private ambulances in future after it took the NHS five hours to pick up a patient. And residents of Ashwell in Hertfordshire are mounting a legal challenge to keep their church clock chiming at night time. The weather, cloudy with showers this morning but turning brighter this afternoon. BBC Three Counties Radio. Every weekday from three, Roberto Peroni. Milton Keynes is smarter than the average city and the borough has now been named as one of the five places invited to a Smart Cities Forum. With the best local news stories. Bedford Hospital's leadership has been described as weak in a damning independent report into the problems in the paediatric department last summer. With the best local talking points. An ordinary postman from Watford had a dream that one day that he would raise enough money to build the first free independent hospital in his hometown in Pakistan. After three years of campaigning, hard campaigning, Houghton Regis Leisure Centre Swimpool had been saved and will in fact be reopened. Roberto Peroni, weekdays from three on BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning! Good morning, look at you in chocolate brown. And look at you in your lovely blue jersey. Do you like it? I do like it. Thanks very like much. It. You'd look, that would look nice with a, a suit jacket. Oh gosh, I'd never thought of teaming this with a... Oh, I've got water down it. Oh, is that water? Never thought of uh, of teaming this Team with a jacket. with a suit jacket and... Um, colour. You want a more colourful... You want, like, one of those um, Arab scarves. An Arab scarf? You know the kind of... You know the kind of Araby... Oh, I know, that goes all over your face as well. Yeah, but you can just have it around your neck a little bit. You don't, you don't have to put it around your face, although it would look good. Yeah. But like, around, around your neck, <laughs> it would look nice. It would look very nice. You're suggesting I'd look better covered up? Yes. Oh... Bit hurtful. Yes. I'm very impressed with myself. Do you remember last week? His hands are on his hips. He is impressed. Well, do you, do you remember last week? I told you I was getting a bit of a fatty, fatty boom boom. Yes, I do remember. I've lost two kilos this week. Hey. That's four pounds. That's brilliant. Isn't that good? How did you do that? Exercise and dieting. Well done, you. Yes, See, thank you. Walk very much. more, eat less. That's I, all you need to do. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to produce a fitness video when I've lost it all. Of me and Lycra. I, I don't think I could ever want to see a video of you pumping off. It really would be... Really? One of the most unpleasant things I think I could see. But I'd work it and push exactly. it. Exactly. I'd be like a, a modern-day Mr Motivator. <laughs> <laughs> Did I tell you Frank Bruno was in my gym last week? No. I was, I was in the gym oh. and Frank Bruno arrived. Oh, bloody the gentle giant. Yes, and he was, uh, he was on a treadmill with one of those boxing helmet things on. Oh, really? I'm not sure why I had that on. Well, maybe it just reminds him of the old, of the glory days. <laughs> the How good did old he days. look? Was he? Did he look all right? Yeah, he looks he's, all right. He's in trouble, doesn't he? Slim, really. Slim. Yes, you imagine him to be, you know, massive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's tall, but he's slim. He's got to be quite old now. How old is Frank Bruno? I don't know. I'm going to say 55. He looked good. 
good you for know, him. You know, he didn't look 55. Yeah. He looked much younger than well, that. Well, good for him. Yeah. What's on your show this morning? Coming up on the big phone in this morning, yes. uh, I'm asking, is Nigel Farage right that foreign aid money should be used to help flood victims? I know you've been talking yeah. about this this morning. UKIP leader Nigel Farage has called on the government to spend a proportion of the UK's foreign aid budget helping victims of the floods. However, Conservative Community Secretary Eric Pickles has told the BBC the best way to stop climate change and to prevent floods is to help modernise developing countries. Well, what's certain is that water gauges along the River Thames have measured record levels this weekend and more bad weather, sadly, is forecast for this week. Here in the three counties, we've heard from people affected by the floods and many feel the response from the government has not been good enough. Mm. Well, from nine this morning, I want your views on this. Is Nigel Farage right that foreign aid money should be used to help flood victims? 08459 555555. No. Well, I'd, I'd sense that That's from your show so far. I don't see why the two are mutually exclusive, why you can't do one and t'other. No, whether foreign aid is, is appropriate or not, I, that's, that, I think that's a slightly different argument. But, but why would you divert foreign aid to the, to the flooding? Why are the two mutually exclusive? Well, I guess because if you... Uh, and I'm, ju- you know, I'm just trying to work out Nigel Farage's logic here, oh but I, I guess that if the country hasn't really got any money, yeah. we've not got any more money than, than has already been allocated. Yeah. So that foreign aid money is help money, isn't it? It's yeah. to help people who are in need. Yeah. So that help money actually could be diverted to people in this country to help them here yeah. rather than helping people in other countries. Charity beginning at home and all that kind There's of stuff. There's a council leader in uh, London somewhere. I, I want to say Wandsworth, but it might not be. Head of a council... It's, it's emerged this weekend he earns £230,000 a year, £90,000 a year more than the Prime Minister. Cut their wages. Take it out of that. Why, there is money elsewhere that's but sloshing around. you can't around. do that. Yeah, I mean, that would be nice. But then we can't cut the foreign, ba- foreign aid because we're, we're, we're legally tied in to pay a certain percentage of our um, GDP. We can, what, we, we, it's probably easier to claw back foreign aid money than it would be to forcibly take money away from chief executives of councils that uh, have probably got it in their contract. Tie them up in a chair and just take it out of their pockets. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you can tell I've thought this argument through yes, properly. Yes, I can see. This is very logical. I'll tell you what, I'll come in at nine. I'll give you a ham on this one. Oh, OK, great. I'll, I'll come in Lovely. at nine. You could be my opening guest. We'll, we'll double-end it, shall we? Like, oh. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Double header. Three double header. Radio. Double header. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the uh, telephone number if you want to give us a call. Uh, now on Friday, my team came across an interesting tweet on the flooding in Aylesbury. Can't believe hypocrisy of some politicians today. All complaining about flooding, but do nothing to stop the concreting over of hashtag Aylesbury. Well. It was written by Phil Yerby, who is a Conservative councillor at Aylesbury Vale District Council, representing the Aston Clinton Ward. Phil joins me now. Morning, Phil. Morning, Ian. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. What was the reckoning behind your your tweet? Well, I was just uh, frustrated that uh, many politicians are out uh, taking their photo opportunities around the floods, and obviously they they have to do that. It's important that they're on the ground, but... Quite frankly, uh, you had the council leader of Bucks County Council on your show uh, this morning about five past say, seven l- l- lamenting the Environment Agency but saying that there's flooding in, uh, in, in parts of Aylesbury and Western Turville. What he didn't mention is the fact that his council was doing nothing to stop the, um, the vast amount of house building that developers are trying to put around Aylesbury. 
um, you know, Bucks County Council haven't even objected to the vast number of uh, developer plans uh, to build more houses. And it, it, isn't there an irony there that uh, he's lamenting the floods in Western Turville, but actually not doing anything to stop the uh, building on the floodplains uh, and in the open countryside you know, that's going to take place in, in, in the next few years if nothing happens. But the, 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 it's been the wettest January uh, in years. That's, that's the cause of the flooding, isn't it? Uh, there's no doubt about it that, that, that the floods are caused by um, long-term change in, in, in the climate. So it, it then becomes a question of what can we do? You know, we can't do much to affect the climate, at least not in the short term, but we can stop building in flood, um, floodplains in the short term. So we can, you know, it's not it's not what we can't do; it's what we can do. And it seems to me uh, illogical that actually, when when there's not a lot we can do to prevent these mm. long-term changes in the weather uh, and in the climate, the things we can do is stop building houses on floodplains. Isn't that just pure, straightforward logic? It's it's a tough situation, isn't it? Because yes, it, you, you would think that not building on floodplains is, is certainly something to be considered. But yet we need more houses. So where where do you think they should go? Well, not on floodplains. I mean, this is... This, it's easy this, to say this, where they shouldn't go, we, but what, what, what other suggestions have you got of where they should go? Well, let me, let, me put it, let me put it this way. Quite frankly, do we need the vast number of houses which developers are saying and promoting we do need, as well as the government? I'm not convinced we do. Around Aylesbury, we have more than enough to suit our needs. What the government ah. is insisting on us doing is taking more and more houses for people coming out of London. and, and then, So you then get into much wider issues, ah. um, which I'm happy to have a debate, you, a debate with you about. But, but quite frankly, I think the, the immediate but, issue is stop building on the But So, Phil, what you're, you, basically, this is nimbyism, isn't it? You're saying we don't, we, we're all right here in Aylesbury. We don't need any more houses or any more people. There is a shortage of houses uh, across the country, though, isn't there? Well, I'm sure there are some shortage of houses, but I, I am not. I am not convinced that actually just building on floodplains is the answer. We need. Well, we no, need it's... Long-term. you then get into your Nigel Farage argument, don't you? About you know how do we reduce the demand for houses? And I think that that, that is that is a much broader issue. By, than by building houses, it's, it, I agree with you on the floodplains. It would seem ridiculous to build them there. But but it, 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 Phil, am I getting from you a bigger point that you just don't want any more houses built on Aylesbury? Aylesbury's all right, thank you very much. Not here. It's not a question of not wanting them. It's where do they go that's actually that will actually lead to what they call sustainable development. It's where do they go that prevents the things that we're doing. It's the law of unintended consequences, isn't mm. it? We solve one problem by creating another one, and that's what I'm saying. Is that what we're doing is we're solving one problem by creating another one, and that that is that is that is not sensible. Where where do you think they should go? I I really I really have no idea. I, yeah. I question I question the need for so many houses. I know we've got to build some. We've certainly got to build more affordable houses. But somewhere else. But, 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 but well, we've taken, we, we need to build some in Aylesbury. We've said that. We, we've got to build houses, and we're building thousands of houses. It's a question of when is enough is enough. And quite frankly, you know, enough is enough now, it, it, because then you start having Aylesbury's full, is it? Talking about. Aylesbury is, is the infrastructure that can't cope, and it's not just Aylesbury. There are other areas around which can't cope with it, can't cope because it doesn't have the infrastructure. So what you're getting is you're getting a whole number of issues all coming, all intertwining here um, into, you know, we're talking mm. about floods, but we're very quickly onto housing, and then you're very, you know, you're very in, in, quickly onto climate change and wider issues. So, Are so, you just using, Phil, are you using uh, the, the, the flooding situation at the moment to, just to kind of get a little dig in uh, and make your point that you don't want more houses? Uh, well, I don't want more houses, that's for sure. And, of course, um, that, was, that was the point of my tweet, to tie these two issues together. What I'm saying is... We cannot 
uh, take you you know you'll just say you i heard your piece uh, earlier about uh, nigel farage and you cannot take these things in isolation it's not an either or it's the same with flooding you know you can't simply just put up flood defenses you have to think more strategically around why we're building on floodplains how are we going to think think longer term about how we how we um, deal with things like um, like uh, the need for houses and, where, and how we build them sustainably and sensibly. And we don't seem to be doing that. We just seem to be throwing them up, um, uh, you know, in a, in a place where um, it's inappropriate, the infrastructure can't cope, and, of course, we're going to get more flooding. Phil, I appreciate your time. It's certainly um, a, a good one to debate about, and no doubt we'll speak about it again at some point. Cheers, Ian. Phil, thank, thank you very much indeed. Phil Yerby, Conservative Councillor, Aylesbury Vale District Council. Aylesbury's full. No more houses here. Thank you very much. What, what, what do you think? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is your uh, is the telephone number if you want to give us a call on that. I, I do get what Phil's saying about but building on floodplains. Surely uh, the last few weeks and the, the coming weeks have shown that's probably not the best idea. Probably not the best idea to do that. We need to keep that that area free. But we do need to build more houses, don't we? Just maybe not on Aylesbury, because it's full. 08459 455555. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Starting in Bedford, the A1 is heavy in both directions at the Black Cat roundabout. And on the speed sensors in Clop Hill, the A6 southbound has queues on the approaches to the roundabout. Also between Harrow Weald and Clamp Hill, Brooks Hill is closed after an accident. And on public transport, First Capital Connect have service suspended between Moorgate and Finsbury Park because a train has broken down. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's half past eight. I'm Liak. New the headlines. Water levels along the River Thames have reached their highest for more than 20 years, threatening thousands of homes. The Environment Agency has issued 14 severe flood warnings, indicating a risk to life. The Hospice of St Francis in Berkhamsted says it may use private ambulances in future. It follows an incident in which a woman was left waiting five hours for an ambulance to pick her up. MPs will vote today on new laws to ban smoking in cars carrying children. The Lords unexpectedly voted to approve the change last month. And residents of Ashwell in Hertfordshire say they want a referendum over whether their church bell should chime at night. It follows complaints from other people in the village who live near St Mary's. The weather will be cloudy with showers this morning but sunny spells this afternoon. Top temperatures around 8 degrees Celsius, 46 degrees Fahrenheit. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Beginning with football and Manchester United threw away three points against Fulham after the Premier League's bottom side scored a stoppage time equaliser. United boss David Moy says it's as bad as it gets. The players are hurting. I can see them every day. They hurt because the, the results aren't going the way they want. They're, they're really good professionals and the way they go about their work, I see it. I mentioned it today in my programme, that it's just the way I see them training makes me makes me feel that you know they'll they'll get results, there's no doubt about that. The Milton Keynes Don striker Isel McLeod says he still has plenty to offer the club. McLeod has been out of favour for most of the season but played on Saturday and scored two in the 3-0 win at Walsall. I don't think I'd, uh, I'd be a professional footballer if you haven't got mental strength. It's a big, big part of being a professional athlete in whatever sport you play. Um, you're going to have knockbacks, you're going to have obviously setbacks so you just got to keep strong, believe in your own ability 
which I do, and believe when a chance comes along, I can uh, I can take it. The England Cricket Board says they've ended Kevin Peterson's international career because Captain Alistair Cook needs the full support of all their players. The former England bowler Steve Harmison says it's created more questions than answers. My problem is not with Kevin Peterson not being in the team. My problem is why they've gone down the route of sacking him. It's a pretty definite thing to do and there's got to be justification for that. You're being disrespectful to one of the greatest players that's ever played the game in, in England. And if you don't come out and tell people why you're doing it or you don't have good reasons, then you're going to have this whole euphoria of people who have got nothing to do with the game and nothing to do with this issue having their say. Finally, at the Winter Olympics, Britain's men's curling team have beaten the Russian hosts 7-4 in the first round-robin match. They return to the ice this afternoon to face Sweden. BBC Three Counties News and Sport with more at nine o'clock. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. BBC Three Counties Radio, 8.32. Let me just remind you, dear listener, every Friday uh, we release a brand new podcast, kind of the best of uh, the week, with little extra bits added in. Little extra links added in. That should get you downloading it. You can get it by going to the BBC Three Counties website, which is on the internet, or if you go to iTunes and type in Ian Lee, BBC, way it pops up. Beautiful. Fantastic. Lots to talk about between now and JVS at nine o'clock. We're talking floods, we're talking church bells, we're talking, I don't know, pretty much anything you want to talk about. Oh, moaning, that's another thing, Catherine. People moan 1.2 seconds. You're very quiet. I know, I think it's my microphone. But get, get, get up close. How's that? That's too close. How's that? But speak, very quiet, isn't it? Speak louder. I can't really speak any louder. Let me try... Right, speak now. Testing, testing, one, two, one, two. Come in, rubber ducky. What do you want me to do? One, two, one, two. Is that any louder? Is no, that... try this. Are you actually doing anything down there? I'm, just... I'm having a fiddle with these knobs. Mm. Here we go, here we go. Try that. That's just you louder, isn't it? Oh, oh. oh that's the headphones. Uh, try this. One, two, one, two. No. Hello, hello, hello. I'm mix- mixing, mixing with stuff I shouldn't really be touching. Try that. One, two. No, no, it's, it's, it's broken, mate. Uh, what about the fader in there? Can you waz that up? It's wazzed up. To the max. Well, Louisa, yeah. try, get your mic down and have a little try of yours and let's see what yours... You talk into it, Louisa. Go on, Louisa, go on, you talk into it. It might be my voice. <laughs> Hello? See, now that's proper. I can hear that. Have you punctured I a see. lung or anything, Catherine? I see, this is what's going on, is it? You start by turning my mic down. So, Louisa, you had a good weekend? Yeah, I had a great weekend, thanks. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, it's all right. Do you like having a bit of a moan? Uh, yeah, I love a good moan. What, what do you like to moan about? Uh, everything getting up really early because yeah. Justin's gone on holiday. Unbelievable! How selfish I know. are you? Yeah. Outrageous behaviour. What a muppet! You see, Catherine, that's how it's done. Okay, uh, I still can't use my microphone. No, I've turned it off. Thanks very much. Across beds, hearts, and bucks. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Mick's from Watford. Morning, Mick. Morning. What can I do for you, boss? Well, I mean, there are a couple of things. One thing is, I've, the chap just rung in about floodplains. Yeah. Oh, if they're going to build on floodplains, all the council have got to do is insist that the developer puts the uh, houses, or the, the ground level of the uh, the floor of the houses, above, above flood level. Oh. 
But don't you have to, because, listen, I don't know much about flooding, ecology or house right. building. Don't you have to keep certain fields and wooded areas clear? Because that's kind of where the water runs. Well, that's what it should do. But they decided that that's not the why they're going to go anymore. They're going to build on these floodplains because it's easier for the developer. It yeah. don't cost him so but much. But then where's the water supposed to go? Well... <laughs> It goes into people's houses now, but if they built modern stilts, uh, you'd still flood the area, but uh, the people's houses wouldn't get flooded. Their furniture would get Hang on a minute. Are you the fellow that phoned up two hours ago about the, the houses on floods, on no, stilts? No. Because that was, that was Mick. That was a Mick. Well, it wasn't me, but... That... Is it all Micks that think that houses should be built on stilts? No. Right, the other thing is, I, I spoke last week, we had the government were, and the, the Mayor of London was trying to discredit the unions oh, right. saying about the um, yeah. shutting down London. Yes. What? Aren't these floods shutting down London or parts of London that uh, people can't get to work because like- the railways aren't well, roads. Well, hang on a minute. I'm confused. You, who did you speak to about the shutting down London? Well, it was the bloke that follows you. Oh, um, <laughs> oh, what's his name? Your mate, Louisa. What's the, oh, the mate? You're gonna, the bloke you're going to join later on and join in his discussion. Oh, um, <laughs> Catherine. What's his name? No, no one knows. Joe, Jonathan, Jonathan Vernon Smith. That's the bloke. Right. Yeah, you know. So, it so is. you're you're on. Hang on a minute. So you're a tube worker, are you? No, I'm retired. Oh. You lazy so-and-so. I know I am. I'm one of these rich pensioners. Oh, man alive. You must be living La Vida Loca. You can see what I like to moan about. Yeah. Anyway, all I'm saying is... Yes. We've got this bloke, Pickles, now. Yep. And he seems out of his depth. He's wet behind the ears. And he turns out to be a bit of a drip. Because he... Last week, when he first got the job, he was saying he was going to sort it out. And all these farmers that was on about... Dredging the rivers and Pete and these people that said dredge the rivers, they don't know what they're talking about. I've got the environment agency sorting out. But it's taken money away from them, so they can't haven't got no money to dredge the rivers. There's a there's a picture in the mail of pickles. Right. Yeah. And his suit has flapped open, okay, yeah. the jacket. And it's obviously a very expensive suit, okay? It's uh, Alexandra. Right? Yeah. And it's got it's got an orange lining. You know, if it's got a very colourful lining, it's expensive suit. The jacket normally goes for about 200 quid, right? Well, he's overpaid, isn't he? That's well, why. Well, now, it's interesting you say that, because the Daily Mail have, have got splash out on Savile Row. Eric, Eric Pickles flashed an expensive Savile Row jacket as he left the BBC studios yesterday. Why are we having a go at a bloke for having a nice suit? He, well, he's got... He's, it, he's a public... Nice suit. I've got nothing wrong with them, but he hasn't got a clue on how to sort these problems. He's, blown, he's blaming the people... Who give him the advice now? We're not. I expect you're very much like me. I've had advice given to me in the past. Yes, I wish I'd listened to some of it. Advice. Yeah. What do I do? I go and think I'm going to get some more advice because I'm not sure that bloke's telling me that my car's that on my car that he's told me is right. But if you're talking to someone who claims to be an expert, if if I'm talking to someone, Mick, who claims to be an expert, like somebody talking about cars or something, if a Gary says, "Oh, you need to do this, this, and this." I'll go along with that because well, I don't you, know. No, that's why no, I've gone to a professional. No, you're not. You're not that much of a mug. If if somebody, oh, no, think, sadly, Hold I on am. A minute, I don't think this is right. I drive this car. I, I know what's. I don't think it's that, and he's not going to charge me a eight hundred quid to sort that out. I think that's is right. Me off. So, Mick, if if the if the we say that the flooded uh, parts of Britain are a car, yeah, Eric Pickles yeah. is the driver of that car. The floods. We're ready for a crash. He is okay. He has spoken to the mechanic... Who's the mechanic in this? 
Well, it would be it would be the environment. Right. We've had farmers. We've had farmers that have lived oh. on this land down. In, so the farmers in are the pedestrians for years. They're the experts. Well, the fa- so who, hang on. So he's taken it to the garage of the environment agency, yeah. and he's spoken to the head of the environment agency, who's yeah. like the head mechanic. The farmers are the pedestrians. Yeah, and, and he's going to crash. They know better. He's going to crash that flooded car into a into a pedestrian farmer, which he has. Oh. Why didn't he listen to them? Splat. We never had these floods in the past. I've lived in Watford all my life. Yeah. And the River Cone used to be dredged on a regular basis. Yeah. The thing is, why they stopped it, and it's... Because it's not, it's not sexy anymore, is it? Oh. They've got to have their photo taken, not beside the dredger dredging the river out, that they can't see any reward for. They'd rather have it taken with the opening up a little uh, playgroup somewhere, because they think <laughs> that gets them more votes. Mick, thank you very much indeed. I suggest the next um, uh, governor or minister or whoever who has their photo taken next to a dredger will be held, held aloft and hailed as a king in various parts of the country. Glenn's on the move. Morning, Glenn. Morning, Ian. Uh, you, uh, what have you got for me? Well, I listened earlier on um, when, you know, a lot of blame is put on the environment. Um, <clears throat> what I was saying is, is that if a couple of years ago these villages in the south were approached by the uh, environmental agency and they said, right, we think there's going to be a risk of flooding, so we're going to uh, build a great big bung around your village. Yeah. I wonder how many people would have objected. To a great big bung? Yeah. So to protect the village. So in other words, a bung. you have to go over. It's, it's a bung. A bung? A bung. B-U-N-G. It means it's a big wall of earth around the village. I've not heard of a bung in that context before. Yeah. That's a great word. But I'm wondering yeah. how many people in those villages would have said, no, we don't want that. Bung it here. We don't want that round our village because no. it'll spoil our... Uh, It'll, 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 it will spoil it. You're right. What's we, happened? Yeah, you're, you're, uh, yes, uh, you do wonder if, if some unsightly defence has been put in place and uh, also you're told you're going to have to pay for it, whether people would necessarily uh, have gone for that. Glenn, do we just need to accept that some parts of Britain are going to flood and as sad as it may be, people, uh, if they want to stay in those villages, that's fine. They're just going to get flooded. It's Mother Nature. Yeah. I was a victim of flooding when I lived in Newport, Gwent. Uh, and that was the that was the fault of a of an, a developer flattening the, the the bank. So the river Usk came over and it came through the drains. Uh, it was a mistake. It was rectified. It hasn't happened since. But this is Mother Nature. We we are having freak weather. Glenn, thank you very much indeed. Mother Nature is a very cruel mother. And we have been naughty. And she's pulled down our metaphorical pants and giving our bodies a hard slap with a big wet hand. That's what's happening at the moment. Of course, we know whose fault it is. Whose fault is it? Whose fault is it, Catherine? Yours? No, it's the gays. What? Oh, It's the gays getting married. No, it's not. No, it is. Don't remember God's Rainbow Promise. Oh, I don't remember God's Rainbow Promise. You see the rainbow, you know it's not going to flood us again. Yeah. Oh, right. Is that that what's going to happen? Yeah. Okay. I I prefer you not having a microphone. I don't. How are you, Louise? Are you all right? Yeah, I'm doing fine. Then. You see, that's the way it is. That's it's just the way it is. Front page of the newspapers. A lady's done something in a foreign country and got a medal for it. Yes. Labour to give parents power to oust heads. Ooh. Miliband's public service overhaul to include new education hit squads. 
Um, uh, Smith hits... Oh, boring, 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 boring. Again, there's a picture of that lady who's um, won something in a foreign country uh, to do with the snow. Flooding crisis. The misery spreads. Thousands more warned of severe risk. Minister apologises for dredging failure. Um, Minister claimed parliamentary expenses to pay a legal immigrant to clean his flat. Isn't that wonderful? Our tax-paying money, our tax, there's a shorter way of saying it, was going towards, was paying an illegal immigrant to do some cleaning for a minister, the minister who started the, um, who's pushing through the immigration bill. Isn't that beautiful, twisted, wonderful irony? Um, split over smoking ban in cars carrying children. It's one of the newspapers there. Our papers are all over the shop. I do apologise. Let's have a little look at the, uh, the Times. West faces new terror threat from Syria border. Lives at risk as Thames set for huge flood surge. Let's get to the sexy papers. We want the sexy papers. By sexy, I mean the Mail, the Express and the Sun. The Mail. Uh, flooding. Now thousands more face evacuation. Um, and also, they're starting their giveaway of, of uh, free CDs, OK, in the mail. It's a giveaway. You have to go to a shop to pick it up. Thanks, guys. Why can't you just put it in the newspaper and let me throw it away then? Now I have to go to a shop to collect it and then throw it away. But it's learned Spanish in a week. Why Why is the mail... Why do they want us to learn Spanish? Yeah, why do they want out. us to learn Spanish, Catherine? There you go, you see. I just why why do they think, hey, I know what, Britain's bored, let's get them to learn Spanish. The Daily Express. What the WTF? Cure for common cold on the way? Great. Drug to halt misery for millions. Can I just tell you now, dear listener, this is complete and utter rubbish. Complete and utter cure for the common cold on the way. I ain't a scientist, this is nuts. Scientists have developed a drug that can fight off the common cold, bringing hope of a cure a step closer. The compound, engineered by British researchers, could prevent millions from catching... Do you know what the the last time someone invented a drug... This is true, Okay, The last time someone invented a drug to stop the common cold... Do you know what that drug was called, Catherine? Yeah. Cowpole. No. Cold away. No. Sneeze off. It became better known as a drug called ecstasy. That was designed to stop the common cold. Oh, dear. Okay, thank there you go, you see. It's true. Ecstasy was some, some bonkers scientist. I've got this thing. Right? He's, he's worked out how to stop the common cold. Oh, nuts. It doesn't work. And he kind of threw it away. And someone went, whoa, hey, whoa, man. I love you, man. Don't throw this stuff away. I love you so much. You're going to make so much money out of it. It's not exactly how it happened. That's a, a dramatisation of how things might have gone, but that's true. Uh, and the son, uh, schoolgirl wants jailed sir back. Ex-lover in letter plea. The schoolgirl lover of jailed teacher Jeremy Forrest. Oh, I mean, do you remember those guys? Has written to him saying she does want them to be together when he's freed. Well, isn't that romantic? Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M1 southbound has a lane blocked between junctions 13 for Bedford and 12 for Flittick after an accident. Thanks to Mike for phoning in with an update. The M25 anti-clockwise has a lane blocked between 26 for Waltham Abbey and 25 for Enfield. In Thornborough, the A421 is closed around Bridge Street after an accident, looking very heavy on the sensors around there as well. Also between Amersham and Gerrard's Cross, the A413 looking very slow at the moment. 
On public transport, First Capital Connect have delays possible between Moorgate and Finsbury Park because of a broken down train. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much indeed. It's uh, Monday the 10th of February. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Homes are being flooded along the banks of the River Thames with water levels at their highest for more than 20 years. The Hospice of St Francis in Berkhamsted says it may use private ambulances in future after it took the NHS five hours to reach a patient. The weather today? Ah... Beds, Hearts and Bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Yes, indeed, that's the right noise for the weather today. But uh, first of all, for Bedfordshire, the Met Office have got a yellow warning in place for ice until 10 o'clock this morning. So do be careful if you're out driving or indeed walking on untreated surfaces. Uh, mainly cloudy today. There are some showery outbreaks of patchy light rain as well. Uh, that's clearing to the east, so we may just get some glimpses of sunshine later on. But certainly lighter winds today with temperatures reaching 7 or 8 degrees Celsius. Now tonight, it starts off fairly calm and uh, with clear spells due During those clear spells, the temperatures are really going to dip quite significantly, so we're looking at lows of close to freezing tonight. But then it starts to cloud over ahead of tomorrow's rain and the winds increase as well. So tomorrow we have a heavy band of squally rain in the morning moving eastwards. It's going to be quite windy with that rain, west-northwesterly winds. And uh, the showers, uh, once that leaves to the east, it's leaving some showers behind it with temperatures reaching 7 or 8 degrees Celsius. Now, on Wednesday during the day, fairly showery day, but come the night, we've got some more very wet, very windy weather. The Met Office have a yellow warning in place for rain and that's uh, from 3pm on Wednesday through till midday on Thursday and there's some more wet and windy weather coming on Friday as well. So a very turbulent week ahead. That's your latest forecast. Love beds, hearts and bugs. Love BBC Three Counties Radio. See what, next week, it's Paul McCartney 80s week and it's National Diary Week, I've just decided as well. People over 50 prefer cuddles. That's according to a new survey from the charity Relate. It is very, very wet where I am today. Where am I? Well, I'm standing next to a goat who's looking at me slightly perplexed. Let's get the very latest with our water reporter, Tony Fisher. Afternoon, Tony. Uh, apparently, the last we saw of you this morning, you were trying to secure a pair of wellies in the office. Did you get any? Love Bedfordshire. Hertfordshire. Buckinghamshire. Love BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh man, high five, Charles. High five. I love you, man. I love you so much. Thanks. I love you, Catherine. Yeah, right. Okay. Louisa, I love you. Love you too. There you go. You see, that's what it's all about. A lot of love in the room Not this morning. A lot of love. What are you doing here? I just thought I'd keep you company for the last ten. I don't need you to keep me company. I've got Gavin in Bedford. Morning, Gavin. Morning. Gavin, what have you got for me? Mate, I've got a strong theory about this weather, man. You've got a strong theory and a bad phone line. Go on. Oh, sorry, mate. Um, basically, there is... Um, I've seen on, on the internet... Definitely. Right, Gavin, we're going to call you back because I want to hear this. It's a terrible phone line, so let's get Gavin back on another line if we can. Whilst we're waiting uh, for Gavin, we sent a cheeky little email here. Let me read the... Uh... Um, oh, it's one of the Beatles has emailed at me. A real one? We, 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 real life? No, mm-hmm. it's not Paul McCartney, who I've tweeted again this morning, asking him to come on the show this week. We're celebrating the magic of 80s Macca. 
Uh, he's not replied to the tweet. Mm. He will do. We'll have Macron before the end of the week. Anyway, it's Grant from the Beatles. Uh, I heard your interview with uh, Tina Beloved Powerful recently. Uh, last week in the local paper, MK News, I read that Harvard University have apparently paid her to change the name of her Harvard school and drop the case. Sounds fishy to me. I wonder if the BBC could investigate. Well, we looked. At, we, we mentioned this on the show. Whoa, hey, cal- calm down, Catherine. What we told... Oh, I can't... <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'll tell... All right. OK. Tina has told us, which is where I think the MK News may have got it. Yeah. Just saying. So she's told us we're trying to investigate. We're currently speaking to Harvard or Harvard, no, it's Harvard, to find out whether or not they have settled out of court. Okay, thank you very much. You still have me really quiet. Yeah, I've got the other mic open now. Right, now, uh, Gavin's in Bedford. Morning, Gavin. Oh, he's not back. Now everyone's gone. Where's everyone going? What else is going on in there? It's not my fault. It's uh, yes, so we've, we've looked into that. Thank you, Beetle Grant. Um, lots of long emails here. Let's do this one from Steve. When our government gives money to officials in other countries, it's called foreign aid. When BAE, BAE Systems did it, exactly the same thing. Uh, the serious fraud office called it bribery and bring charges. Pickles is crazy if he thinks any more than a small amount of aid given is used for other than lining the pockets of the corrupt. Have we got Gavin, is, uh, Gavin back there, Gavin? Gavin, Gavin, he's not. So we're going to do you, Kelly. Oh, Betts. which one makes me oh, Gavin? No. Gavin's back. Hello, Gavin. Hello, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Let's try this again. Listen, this is strong stuff. So basically... We'll stop smoking it. Stop smoking <laughs> it, yeah. Um, you know that, um, you know all those, um, the, uh, the bad snow America had recently, the really, really, really bad snow, where it got to like minus 50? Yes. Well, people were literally going out. I don't know how it started, but the rumour spread, so people started doing it, where they'd pick up a lump of snow... Yes take it in, put it on their kitchen counter and put a lighter to it and, and try and melt the snow. And it wouldn't melt, it would turn black. black I, I, I know it sounds crazy. I know it sounds crazy. It sounds crazy, Gavin. It, it does sound crazy. It does sound if crazy. If you search on YouTube, you'll see it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I reckon, uh, uh, I blame the Americans, I reckon they've been trying this weather-changing technology which has backfired yeah. and sent tons of bad storms our way yeah. and carpeted there. Because you know they were, they were had a really bad drought last, uh, last year. Yeah. Where they're actually bringing in water to some counties. Yeah. Well, there you go. I reckon I blame the Americans. Because I that, reckon they, uh, they've been experimenting. I reckon the CIA have been basically trying to do weather changing stuff. And they... Kelly, you've been out this morning talking to people about the last time they had a little moan. Yes, I have, and I've got what some people may call content. Should we listen to it? Yes. Please. Hi, I'm from Three Counties Radio. We're talking about moaning. Have you got anything to moan about this morning? No, not really. Nothing. When was the last time you moaned? About the weather yesterday. It's getting you down. Yeah, that's the only thing I've got to moan about. How is it affecting you on your bike with all the floods? Well, I try not to go on a bike if it's raining and windy. Other than that, it's not too bad. What if you leave the house and it starts raining? Then I get wet. Then you moan. Yeah. When was the last time you moaned? Just before half an hour. Half an hour ago? Yeah. What was that about? About my girlfriend. Oh, what happened? What did she do? <laughs> she didn't do anything. Like I was just thinking about her. You're thinking about her? Yeah. And that made you moan? Yeah. Moan with me. What's wrong? What's not working out for you guys? We don't have time to spend with each other. We don't get proper time to get talk with each other and moan with each other. Oh, no. So when will you next see her? Mm, maybe uh, tomorrow. Oh, that's all right. Yeah. You give her a big hug and a kiss. Yeah, maybe, of course. When was the last time you moaned? Yesterday. What was it about? My back. What's back wrong with it? Playing rugby. Should we moan together right now about your back? If you want, yeah. Oh, I'm so upset for you about your back. I can't believe your back's letting you down. Oh, it's just stopping me from doing things. Well, you know. Do you feel better for moaning? A bit, yeah. Oh, good, thanks. <laughs> Girls, 
Hiya, I'm from Three Counties Radio and we're talking about moaning today. When was the last time that you moaned? Yesterday. What was it about? Probably my mum not doing anything at home. (laughs) Because it was my brother's birthday party and um, she wasn't doing much so then I had to do it all. Oh, I see. Do you want to do a big moan for your mum now? (laughs) Oh, no. You could moan about the buses since they probably have got a left now. What happened? Oh, they just drive off earlier than they're supposed to. They turn up late. So what are you going to do about it today? We're going to quickly run for the bus. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to run for the bus now? Yeah, we've oh, got to go. OK, you go, you go, you go. Thank you. You go, you go, you go. And off they went to okay. get the bus. And that was, that was a cracking little uh, rehearsal report for Thanks. a student radio station. Brilliant. We are the BBC. That stands for the British Broadcasting Corporation. Does it? Yes. Mm. It does. And we have standards. We certainly have standards now that uh, Say this show... Say corporation again? Corporation. Oh. We have standards because this show is the most popular show on BBC Three Counties Radio. That's official now. We've got the stats. Oh, right. We've cool. got the stats, OK? Mm-hmm. Try a little bit harder for tomorrow. All right, what do you want for tomorrow? <clears throat> um, well, I don't know. We'll get something topical from the newspaper and we'll do it. OK. But the good effort. Thanks. Good effort. Is it a merit get or a distinction? Get out. I'm actually going to stay here for the next five. <clears throat> Isn't that awkward? We've got nothing else. We've got literally nothing else. We've got nothing. We've got, we do. What have we got? Uh, we're going to have Richard in a second. Okay, we'll wait for I Richard. I love Richard. Should we play a song? Wait, Kath wants to say something else. Can I just say something? Yeah. If you phone up and we don't get to your phone call, please don't ring up and have a go at the person who answers the phone. Well, it's Louisa. Well, ask, ask we put on to Kath and have a go at her. <laughs> have we got Richard? Is Richard with us? Oh, he's not, he's not there. We've got Shall I, I can pretend to be Richard. No, you can't do that. We're not allowed to, we're not allowed to Is have... Is Clary Letting Buzzard on? No, she's oh, not. She's we're not allowed favorite. to pretend to be uh, callers. I'll re- it gives me time to read uh, a long email that I've been sent from Barry. Aid. Hi, Barry. Aid. Ian, you are very incorrect about Nigel's remarks. This just takes part of his words out of context. You say it'd be better to support a starving child in India rather than try to save our own children from drowning and the effects of floods. Which children are drowning? Look to the countries to whom we give aid and the lavish way their leaders and privilege live. Floods in other countries and we are the first to raise aid for them. Where is our aid now? Well, because it's not the same as kind of the tsunami that, that, that hit Sri Lanka, for goodness sakes. It's, some, it's a few foot of water, dirty water, in a few houses. It's horrible, it's rotten, it's awful. And it, I wouldn't wish it on anyone, but you can't compare it to some of the floods in the other countries. Where is our aid now? We are supposed to be part of a, of a union, the EU. You still with me, Kelly? Yep. The, uh, to whom we contribute millions per day to aid each other. Where is our aid from then? Nine themes out of oh, nine times out of ten, I think he means. The money we give in foreign aid goes in administration to uh, the, the countries. I'm only reading this because we've got no other content. In the countries to which it goes. And in fact, India has told us they don't want it, yet we still insist on sending it. Barry and Hemel. Then he gives his phone number. I might give Barry a call. You give Barry a call after the show and have a chat with him. Okay. See how he's getting on. About this, or just in general? Just see, I do worry, worry sometimes about our... Uh, Barry's. Our Barry's listening to this. Right, that's a bit of paper for you. That's what I would like from the podcast, for the podcast for this week. 6.50 Mick yep. Stilt House. Yep. Oh, when he said that houses should be on stilts, it would have yep. the flooding. Yep. Um, 7.26 Graham, what did he say? Can't, oh, he was bonkers. No, he was a good call, actually, Graham. It was a strong call. Excellent. 8.32, Kath's Mike. Wow, today has really been a... There's a, there's a, a tweet here, Catherine, you'll like. Oh, go on. Catherine is so cute. You're so lucky to be able to spend time with her. Oh. It's true, we are lucky. Uh, and she is cute. He's put the wrong your as well, so... That's cute. Oh, you keep talking into the microphone. <laughs> Try the other one, quickly. Oh, you've got the other mic on. <laughs>
Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 southbound, there's a lane blocked between Junction 13 for Bedford and 12 for Flittick after an accident. And on the M25 anti-clockwise, a lane is closed in the Holmesdale Tunnel with queues back to Junction 27 for the M11. In Bullsmore, Mollison Avenue heading west is blocked at Thetford Road because of an overturned vehicle. And on public transport, First Capital Connect have delays possible between Moorgate and Finsbury Park after a train broke down. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much indeed. Right, that's it, that's your lot. JBS is up next, do stick around for that. Go and download the podcast, go and get it from iTunes or the BBC Three Counties website. Why the hell wouldn't you want to? Until tomorrow at six from me and from Kelly Betts. Bye. Ta-ta. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JVS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Monday. It's nine o'clock. And on today's big phone-in, is Nigel Farage right that foreign aid money should be used to help flood victims? UKIP.